And welcome, everyone, to another episode of Black and White Reviews. I am Chuck. I am Lee. And I am Will. And this time we are doing the 1997 film Conspiracy Theory, directed by Richard Donner, starring Mel Gibson, Julia Roberts, and Patrick Stewart. And before we get into this, um, Will was starting to share some stuff off air. So, uh, Will, I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts? Oh, wow. This, <laughs> so, this, let's just say Will's never seen this movie before. This is my first time, this is my first time seeing this movie. <laughs> this is my first time seeing this movie. I don't think I ever heard of it before um, Before you suggested it to, uh, to us a couple of weeks ago when we were deciding what movies we were going to do next. This movie... Wow. So I have a question, and I asked Lee this before we hit record, and Chuck, I'll ask you the same thing. Is this a comedy or what? Because <laughs> so here's a, why I a, ask. Mel Gibson doesn't change at all. Like Mel Gibson's nope. character throughout the entire movie is the same. Even when things get real, Mel Gibson does not change. He's giving John Travolta a run for his money of going way over the top. And I thought, and here's the thing, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Like, Mel Gibson's performance in this movie is good. Julia Roberts is Julia Roberts, and I fully expected her to cry at some point in this movie because she cries in everything that she's in. So I'm not surprised there at all. But Mel, my God, like, I was not expecting this from, from Mel Gibson. Maybe... Maybe a little bit more um, um, lethal weapon, like like that tone from him. I would expect from something like this, but not like full blown crazy dude. Like wow. So I I enjoyed this for the most part. I will say this. I'm I'm gonna. I, <laughs> there are some parts where I'm really gonna hammer on, but for the most part, this was actually enjoyable. Um, I I'm, I'm and I'm surprised, and I'm 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 saying that. Um. Yeah, but in there there are also some parts in this movie that I thought were really clunky. Like Oh yeah. The the story you can tell what they were trying to do, but the story wasn't exactly there because your narrator in this film is unreliable. Like all of the exposition that we get in this movie is from Mel Gibson's point of view. Nothing else comes from any other source of information. And because he's so messed up because of, you know, MK Ultra and everything, you really can't rely on anything that he's saying. And he's not putting the pieces together in the way that you should when you're trying to explain what's exactly happening. So you really it, it's you get lost really fast. Um, yeah, that's really my only problem with the movie. I didn't fully understand what was going. I got what they were trying to do, but I didn't fully understand what was going on. And I guess that's the point. But at the same time, it's like I couldn't I could not stop laughing. Like there was there, okay. there were times in this movie where <laughs> something serious is going on and I'm supposed to be sympathetic towards Mel Gibson. But I'm not because of the way that he's his performance is. And I can't help but laugh hysterically. It's ridiculous. And that's that's my wow. Wow. <laughs> so this is this is at least like my second or second and a half time watching this movie. Um, it's been a long time. I probably saw it sometime in high school because, I mean, it came out in 97, so it was plenty of time. Um, but watching it again, I'm like, the only thing I remembered from this movie was her running on a treadmill and him being creepy. And um, him with his eyes taped, stuck to a stuck to a wheelchair going ah, ah, down a hallway and falling down the stairs. And it being ridiculous. And when I watched this again, um, I didn't expect that scene to happen so soon. 
I didn't. I thought it was like that was like a big part in the movie later on. So when it happened like 10, 15 minutes into the movie, I was like, oh, my God, like where else does this movie go? I don't remember. And honestly, I, I like as I watched the movie, I remembered everything. But the only thing that stuck out with those two scenes that I remembered all these years. But um, I got to say, watching it again, I have to disagree with what you said there, Will, because um, you said that he never changes. But what they purposely did, just like when, um, you know, when you see a character have some type of change or some type of like backstory, you see their character start to develop a little bit differently. He was nuts for uh, throughout most of it until you heard the uh, the baloney story from this Dr. Jonas, Mr. Finch, whatever he wanted to call himself in this. And then suddenly you're looking at him almost from a different perspective where he was he was less jerky. You know, he was he seemed like he was a little bit more on the ball. I mean, yeah, he was still pretty nuts, but he seemed like he was a lot more like he knew what he was doing later on. Um, After you heard that story, it it was it was slight, but it was it was well done where you're still kind of like, well, who do I believe here? You know, is he really, you know, it was obvious for anybody like you or I or us to to go through it. But I thought that there was a slight change in his. Um, I wouldn't say demeanor, but just like everything that he had, like his his being, you know, right after that, that was like, ooh, okay, that's interesting. So I did notice a fluctuation there. I disagree with this for one reason, because this is somebody who, for all intents and purposes, and none of us are psychiatrists, so I, I'm, I'm really hesitant on saying this. This is somebody who's clearly suffering from delusions and psychosis and just a complete mental break and, and just a, a, a disassociated from reality completely. And that makes him goofy, way over the top goofy. <laughs> none of that changes. None of that. No, it right doesn't. Right after you heard the story, right after you heard what you know, Jonas well, said to her is, in that office. Doesn't, it doesn't change your no. perspective as to why he's doing what he's doing. Changes. Oh, of course, yes. yes. But but the way you that they showed him, you his, understand his eyes why he's wide it. and crazy. Because every time you saw him before this, his eyes were wide and crazy the entire time. Nothing looked normal. He was crazy the entire time. But well, suddenly after that, it's it's just it's a subtle change in the way that they had him acted out. Just in that one spot. I'm not saying that he changed and suddenly he was different th- throughout the whole movie. It was there was a moment where they made him look like he had things more together, just to kind of throw us off as the viewer. I see the crazy I, we, thing. The, we're gonna get to it, but I don't understand how you're saying that after seeing this barn scene that happens way later in the film, because he is still just as psychotic and goofy yes, in that while exactly. he's explaining I, himself to Julia Roberts. Nothing I changed. For, I said for a moment, way before that. Okay. For a moment, it was just to sure. set us off. Sure, fine. It was you, just fine. it was just to set us off. Yeah, fine. You win, whatever. See, for for me, it was. <clears throat> you begin to realize that everything he's saying, from it's like a, a, a someone who is being told they're crazy, and them going, "I'm not crazy." Like I'm getting irritated. I'm not crazy, and just keep saying it over and over again makes you look that much more crazy. Um, and the fact that this guy was drugged for who knows how many years while they were testing all this stuff on him, um, you know, the, one of the reasons why I really enjoy this movie is you don't see film like this anymore. No, you don't see act. You don't see actors the way Mel Gibson. I mean, you see Mel Gibson in this acting so psychotic and nuts, and then you see him in The Patriot, and he is like. 
a totally different person. You don't see actors like that anymore. No. Um, the way you did then. Julia Roberts, even. I mean, I, I mean, she's typecasted as much as you can get. She's, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, she's just, you know, pretty woman. She's one of those, sing- she's one of those actresses that never really got the chance to spread her wings. Like she was one note throughout the majority of her career. That's not true. She did in Hook. She literally had wings. Oh my gosh. And then with Patrick Stewart, um, uh, he made it so. He he did, you know, but it's just he made him. it work. He made it work, but Patrick Stewart as the must mustache twirling villain doesn't work for me no. at all. No. I would have used. All. I think. I think Alan Rickman would have been a better person in that. Probably in that role. Probably Alan, or even um, not Alan, but Gary Oldman too would have been would have fit that role. Gary well, Oldman well. would have been perfect. Um, Gary Oldman would but, have been absolutely perfect for that role. But I th- your your response, though, Will, about how crazy and psychotic and how he was the whole time, I honestly think that's what Donner was trying to get out of Oh, so Gibson do I. When he did this, absolutely. I think, and he hit the nail on the head. So do I. Perfect. It's Richard Donner, of course. <laughs> like, right. I, I understand and, that completely. And, and I, was taking, I, was, I was taking notes last night, and... You know, usually when we take notes for a movie, there's an action scene. We say, okay, action scene, you know, skip over the next 10 minutes of the film and just, it's action. <laughs> Not in this, this one. <laughs> this, I'm like, can I, I couldn't like sit back and just watch for, I had to take notes because one thing leads to another. And if you miss one thing, 15, 20 minutes later, an hour later, it will be re-brought back up and you'll forget what it's about if you don't pay it. This film, you had to pay close attention to so much to understand yeah, the whole thing. You did. You did. Which is why I appreciate it. It made you think. It made you... But then at the same time, you got to enjoy the psychosis of Mel Gibson. You got to enjoy the the whole... <laughs> every All the, the mesh of the actors. Uh, Agent Lowry um, coming into this. And all this other stuff that's happening. Um, you know, one reason why I suggested this film is because it is a fun... It is a fun movie. And it's going to spawn great conversation as we go through this. So, so mm. now I'm, I'm curious. So... Chuck, I, I know Lee hasn't. We tried to once, and, and I think we, we, we were drinking and we were bored with it, so we decided to watch something else. Um, um, have you ever seen Network? Huh. Network? Yeah. Mm. I've had it, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think so. You need to watch I'm... Network. If you liked this, if you <laughs> like movies okay. like this, and you liked Enemy of the State, you need to watch Network. I did enjoy Enemy of the State. That is that is that is my recommendation to anybody who's who enjoys this movie or Enemy of the State or anything of this caliber. Watch Network. It is a was fantastic it? movie, and it's like it's the linchpin for movies like this. Was it? Was it um, Brad Pitt? Was it Twelve Monkeys where he goes into the um, y- yeah psychotic the psych ward? It's yeah. Yes. Well, it's. <clears throat> Yes, there are two that you might be talking about. There's twelve. Well, yeah, twelve monkeys is Brad Pitt and um, Bruce Willis, and they're both in the psychotic ward. Yes. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not crazy, but he really is crazy. Or yes, yeah, you know that's, and this is this is this is how I look at this. When I, what makes this such a good movie is you have actors so far out out of their element, (laughs) like Brad, like when Brad Pitt does Twelve Monkeys, or when Mel Gibson plays, you know, Jerry in this film. I, I wouldn't he say he's so far so out of his well. element. I wouldn't say he's so far out of his element I because would. he played he played well he played crazy before as as um what Brit Riggs. He he did play crazy, not to this level crazy, 
but he it was something he's tapped into before. But this, this was is what just, makes him, this, this was this just is like what way makes off. his caliber of an of an actor so good though. Right. Is if you didn't see anything else, Mel Gibson, you would think this guy really is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I enjoyed about it. Yeah. Yeah. I will I will stand by on my previous statement that I said before. I think he goes way too far over the top. And maybe that was Richard Donner's issue with getting the message of what actually happened across. Because I, it, it, I did have, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I did have somewhat of a hard time understanding the events that led up to everything that kind of happened in this movie. Like everything that's going on with her father and the judge and all that, when he's explaining everything, it's so stuttered and 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 stunted yeah. because of his mental state that you you don't get a full picture of the events that took place. Well, that's Honestly, why he, I think that's, that's why a big he has problem. other he does have other people like her boss throw some gems here and there, <laughs> like Patrick Stewart throwing gems here and there, little nuggets here and there to kind of fill in those gaps. And if you put all of them together, it creates the story. But you have to you have to really watch hard and look hard to find it. Um, which is one reason, again, why I enjoyed this movie, because you have to really pay attention to figure it out. I guess well, so. Here's what I'm going to say about that, though. I, I think I think it was all intentional that it was done that way because they wanted to throw us off so much where we're so confused. So we kind of get that feeling of like panic confusion, just like he has. And I think any good movie does something like that, where it, it gets you into this uncomfortable. I don't understand what's going on. It's like, yeah, how do you think he feels? Right. You know, type thing. <laughs> so I feel I feel like that was their way of getting us to kind of relate to this character. Because first you see this guy who's like watching somebody running on a treadmill with binoculars and you're like, oh, this guy's nuts. But for some reason, you kind of sympathize with him because you feel a little off about what's going on, too. Like you not sympathize, but you know, what I'm saying like the whole thing is if you disorient the audience, you know, when there's somebody who's being disoriented you're going to make them kind of connect in one way or another. And I feel like that's what I think it was intentional. So I'm not going to say Richard so Donner's the best say, director I've ever seen, oh, but I feel like absolutely I not. feel like that was the entire reason it was done as clunky as it was because that's how his head was. His head was messed up. Yeah, right. So I feel like that was that was intentionally like it was all done on purpose. Well, let me ask this will. Just that's perfectly from, just fine. A, let me respond to that. That's perfectly fine sure. for it to be intentional. <clears throat> my point is is it didn't land. It doesn't work. That's that's my whole point. So and I'll I'll leave it at there. Go ahead, Chuck. I'm I'm sorry I cut you off. No, no, it's okay. Um just overall like for me I loved this it's not my favorite movie um and it's obviously it's you know 25 years old it is a, to me it's a fantastic movie but for me this movie stood the test of time um it does it, will, it does it lasts it it feels you know what i love about this not a lot of special effects to create the film no. they did it you know no. everything was kind of just right there some um, there was <laughs> there was there was yeah some strobe lights but um there is some comedy in it, and if you look at his state, you know, just Mel Gibson is funny in the way he handles himself in this movie. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if you were to say you could, you would watch this movie again, would you watch it again? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Will, Will, Will watches a lot of movies. And for him to want to watch something again, it has to blow his mind. So, not not even. Sometimes I just want something on the background. Sometimes I want something to fall asleep to. Um, and sometimes I go on kicks where I'll watch, like, the same themed movie. Like, I'll go on a kick where I want to watch nothing but action movies. I'll go on a kick where I want to watch nothing but dramas or superhero movies or something like that. 
if 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 I'm ever like if I ever decide one day that I'm going to sit down and watch Network again, I would probably watch this not long after. I would probably watch this in Enemy of the State like within a week. Manchurian Candidate. Manchurian Candidate is another one, absolutely. Like I would yep. I could see myself doing that. Would I watch this just by itself, just randomly? No, I don't think I would. Yeah. But because then, it's in my library. The Winter now, Soldier. Yeah. But because it's in my <laughs> library right now, like, yeah, I probably I I I I could see myself doing that. I could absolutely see myself doing that. That's neither here nor there. Why don't we... Um, you want to jump into it? Yeah, why don't you jump into it? We've, we've rambled right. at the beginning of this thing long enough. Well, hold on. Before we start, I just want to say, longing, rusted, 17, daybreak, furnace, okay. <laughs> nine, we're benign. Not do- we're not doing Civil War. Okay? <laughs> Homecoming, <laughs> one, freight car. <laughs> Status report. Is homecoming actually one of the words? I'm sorry. Yes, is it absolutely. Really? Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. That was pointed out a while ago. I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay. Anyways, Chuck? So, to start, um, the opening. So, we've all discussed over and over again different movies and TV shows where there is montage after montage after montage. And we're, we're typically, it has to fit right. Um, the fact that they did the the only montage in this film at the very beginning with the opening credits, I appreciated because it really showed all the conspiracy theories that he's talking about and, you know, everything that's going on. Um, I mean, hey, that's get- the name of the movie. Oh, <laughs> yes. Wow, 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 wow. So Mel Gibson plays a character by the name of Jerry Fisher. And he's a taxi cab driver. Um, Terry Fletcher. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and having, he has, he loves to have, I don't know if he would call it conversations with the people in the car. No, he um, just loves to ramble. He just rambles on. He and just talks loves to, them. to ramble. <laughs> in this montage, he's rambling on to businessmen, some old lady, a handful of nuns. Um, sharing all of his crazy conspiracy theories, and they're probably all thinking exactly what we're thinking right now. This guy is psycho this and not. This guy's crazy. So I, I didn't, I, and I apologize. I didn't know that you were going to be driving on this one. I figured that I was, so I wrote extensive notes, and I actually wrote oh. down. I actually wrote down some of his conspiracies that he believes. So he believes that. Um, fathers of Nobel Prize winners were taken by gunpoint under orders of the military to, and made to give semen samples. Yep. And, 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 where, and where are those stored? Exa- I, I didn't write that down. I stopped at semen samples. Thank you very much. They're, they're, they're all in jars that are so, hidden underneath the ice at Rockefeller Center. <laughs> so let's, let's do this. And I'm, let's do this. And I'm willing to keep this in the, um, keep this in the without editing it out. Since you took so many notes, I would love. I have notes here myself, but I would love to hear your notes and have you drive on this one. No, man, no, man. We can go back and forth. It doesn't matter. You can do this. This was okay. this was this was your movie. This is your to drive. I'm just gonna. I'm what I'm. What I might do is I'll just like jump in every now and again if I have something different. No. Perfect. Another conspiracy that he has is obviously the fluoride thing and how it stifles creativity. <laughs> I am stunned that he did not go into autism with this little ramble that he was going on here. It it, it blows my mind. There's some random guy that tries to get into his cab for a ride. He doesn't let this happen. He locks the door, looks at him suspiciously, then takes his picture and drives off. I... <laughs> 
That's why I'm asking, like, is this a comedy? Because the way Mel Gibson does this, it's the funniest thing in the world. There's like they, I love there's, it. there's nothing better. Um, he starts badgering a couple of nuns, like you said, Chuck, about the evils of the Vatican. And he ends everything. <laughs> he ends everything. You're gonna with, pick the scab. He ends everything by saying that there are tracking devices in hundred dollar bills. You gotta get rid of them all. Just get, get rid of them. Okay, sure. Great. What did he say well, about the hundred dollar bill? He said he said that that Ben Franklin looked like some cross between somebody and Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, something <laughs> some, something along those lines. Something along those lines. My my question to you, Will, is how did you get every single one of these theories down with how fast he was talking in this in this part? Like he's pause on and on and on. So and the way that so the way that I do my notes is I watch it once for myself and for my own enjoyment, and then I go through it again and I pause where I need to take notes. So while he's wow. going through all this, I was like, okay, wow, I, wow, wow, I wow, need wow. to write these down. Pause, pause, pause. I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is fantastic. So <laughs> there is that. There that must have been difficult. Not really. Super easy. <laughs> Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> um, the funniest part is he's going on and on, and he looks back, and there's nobody there. Ooh, His yeah, meter people. is running. <laughs> And he starts talking to himself. He's there's like, nobody here. My meter, I'm talking nobody to here. myself. Why is the meter the running? The meter's still running. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pulls over, and you see this, you know, this this couple getting out of a hotel, and he kisses her goodbye, and he waves a cab, and Mel Gibson's cab pulls over, and he hops into the cab. And this guy has this like long sigh, like ah, and he goes, "It's the sound of love." And they're going back and forth, and this guy's like, it's not love. Like, love doesn't exist. And he's like, the guy goes, love is BS. And he brings up, you know, which you're going to hear this word a lot in this film, but Geronimo. And how he's going on, and how love gives him wings, and I thought that was Red Bull. It, it is, but they got sued for that, so. Um, Who got sued? Oh, yeah, you're that. right. You're right. Red Bull. Red Bull got sued? Yes, there was a class action lawsuit because... People tried um, flying after drinking Red Bull, and they didn't actually give them wings. You're kidding me. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) I never heard of this. uh, Look it up. It's pretty funny. Why are people so stupid? Well, Because they fly. You cannot fly. Nobody can fly. But Red Bull gives you wings. Stop, Uh because you're just going to add to the problem. (laughs) Well, you you heard about that? Um, there was the guy who sued, um, like a, a guy who sold him a Winnebago years ago because he crashed into a building. The guy said when he when he bought the Winnebago, he's like, "Oh, you put it on cruise control, the thing drives itself." And so he went ahead and put went cruise to bed. control on. Went and then he went to the bed. Did he go to bed? Yeah, he went, was, to bed. He went to bed. Yeah, and he crashed <laughs> he into a bridge. Yes, but that was a long time ago. But still, it was like, really? Yeah, people are people are, people are <laughs> the stupid. Fact, and the fact that you don't like, you know, let's try this out first. It's like, no, hey, the guy said it would work. See you later. Wow. <laughs> so the, this guy in the cab asks him, you know, who's the woman that, you know, who's the girl in your life, basically. And he starts talking, you know, obviously about who we're going to find out being Julia Roberts. And he's like, does she know how you feel? And he's like, no. And the crazy part is, is they come up to this construction zone at this point, and there's all these flashing lights, those yellow flashing lights on top of all of the um, pylons. The sparks and stuff, yeah. And all the sparks that are going on. And all of a sudden, you start seeing these images flashing before his eyes, I mean, on the screen. And 
these lights trigger something inside of him. And then you get brought to, and the guy he was talking to in the cab is frantically throwing a <laughs> massive fit in the backseat of this taxi because Mel Gibson is driving the wrong way. Full <laughs> speed. Down a, street. Full speed full down speed. a busy street in New York. <laughs> it was a one-way street. It wasn't like he was in the wrong lane. Going he was against on the, on... traffic. <laughs> full speed against traffic. I just want to add in, before he actually blacks out and he starts having all of these incoherent flashbacks, the guy in his passenger is like, well, why won't you tell your girl how you feel? He's like, oh, well, I have some problems. He actually admits yeah. that he has some problems, yes. and it's like, you don't say, because I didn't figure that <laughs> out within the first five minutes of you speaking, sir. This is fantastic. This is already, like, a great movie, so I, I, this was awesome. <laughs> um, it, it, after he, We don't see what happens to the guy or to him after that. He drops the guy off, and then it clicks over, and he's sitting in the side of the road and you see cops driving by his car and you see him ducking down underneath the dash. And then when the cops drive, drive past him, he pops up and he is watching Julia Roberts in her apartment with binoculars. Full on peeping Tom. Uh, Full full on peeping Tom mode. Yeah. Um, I'm watching it going. It's like, Oh look, it's George McFly. Of course you are. (laughs) Of course. Of course. (laughs) My wife thought so too. Hang on. It took, (laughs) Hey, 20 minutes. It took 20 minutes. It's, it's not very often I bring that up. Oh, you're right. It's not Batman forever. No. Um, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, Julia Roberts' character in this movie is Alice Sutton. Um, so if we talk about Jerry, that's Gibson. Alice is Roberts. Um, she is singing as she is running on the treadmill. And here's where it gets creepy. Mel Gibson decides to turn his radio on to match up what is on the radio to what she is singing and then mm-hmm. finds it. Um, and it's can't take my eyes off of you, mm-hmm. um, which this is the, the main theme song. Sure. <laughs> yes. I love that before he starts fiddling with his radio, he's listening to a radio station and it's some guy ranting and raving about Lee Harvey Oswald slash JFK right. conspiracies. Yep. I think that's a right. really cool touch. So, Oh yeah. <laughs> But but just the fact that he's in his car listening to Lee Harvey Oswald theories, peeping on Julia Roberts with a pair of binoculars is the <laughs> creepiest thing in the world. But because it's Mel Gibson in this movie, it's not creepy at all. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. I'm going to say that all the way through this thing, even though I'm going to be making fun of it. This wow, and this um, is what and this is what I mean. So everything up until this point, he has been completely off the rails and completely goofy. And yep, the movie wants you to believe that he's absolutely out of his mind. But then mm. things get real. Normally, when you watch a movie like this and things get real, the main character, the demeanor, the, the characteristics have a drastic change. And then all of a sudden, it's like, see, I was right. And then they, everything is right with the world and they can somehow like mentally move on. Not Mel Gibson in this movie. No, no, no. no. He just keeps on going. Keeps on going full steam ahead with the goofiness. The- it's crazy thing is, awesome. the crazy thing is, is he, he go, he's going full, street, full steam ahead with it. But at the same time, everything he does... All the actions that he takes throughout the film all make sense. Yeah, they mm-hmm. all make sense, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll show you how. Um, at this point, he's looking at her through the binoculars as she's running faster and faster, and he's like, "Why do you do that? Why do you push yourself?" 
as mm. if she's going to answer. She's, <laughs> excuse me, he's obviously just in the car by himself talking. Um, <laughs> and then it, and that scene ends. And all of a sudden you see these street performers, they're drumming on like white buckets. Um, and he drives up. Oh my gosh. He drives up, drives through a puddle, soaks them all. None of, they're all mad, but none of them are mad at him. Probably because it's Jerry. It's they who this him. guy is. Yeah. And they stop and then they start playing again. And then he is having what can <laughs> only be defined, life. what can only be defined as a full on, I would, I don't know how to just, oh, he was just freaking out in the front seat of his car, banging on the back glass window, beeping the horn, trying to come in tune with these drums. <laughs> he was like, trying to match the beat. And he wasn't. Yeah. No, not it, at all. It, not even close. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> it was not even close. But he's just he's just going for it, having the time of his life, just jamming mm-hmm. out with these street performers. It it, it he, and he's it, he's happy. Sure. Yeah. Great. Right. And he's buying. He and also one of the guys that are there in a wheelchair is um a newspaper stand. So he buys some newspapers off of these guys. And he hears about the construction that was going on, and it was the water main issues. And he's like, water main don't usually have issues until the winter time, and it's not winter. So what's going on here? So his first thought is conspiracy. Of course. Uh, his of next course. word is, did you, I want to ask you guys, did you know that the entire Vietnam War was fought over a single <laughs> bet? Because <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> and I'm being serious. I had no idea. So, I don't think it's true, though. It, it, that's not <laughs> what the Vietnam War was fought over. It was based <laughs> on a lie, like it was based on a um, it was based on a uh, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which was a plane that was flying somewhere in the Tonkin Sea that claimed it was fired upon by a Vietnamese warship, and it wasn't. So it was it was actually based on some of it of a lie. So there is some truth there, and 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 kind of what he's saying. So I don't know. Kind of weird, and so I will say that. And he, liked. I, I, I will say that. I will right say here. that a, oh, okay. a lot of the stuff that he talks out in here. I, I wonder if we looked it up, how much of it would actually be true. Okay, so the Gulf of Tonkin incident actually happened. Anybody can look that up; it's readily available and it's been declassified. And there's a couple of other things that he mentions in here that are. F- not factually accurate, but there's a, like a monicum of truth to a lot of what he says. The the big one doesn't come until later with the whole MK Ultra thing, which was an experiment. It did happen. It was psilocybin. It was a whole bunch of different drugs and everything that would be administered to people by you know nefarious means. But it's not. It's not. It's not without merit. Like the, I don't think there's anything right. that he says or believes in this that doesn't have a whole lot of weight to it, unless it's something like. So ridiculous. Like, for example, and I'm jumping way ahead, um, Jerry Garcia was very much dead. (laughs) He was not (laughs) alive in 1997. So that whole thing, you can just kind of throw it out the window. But, yeah, those were the only two things that I picked up on. His thoughts about Vietnam and everything with MKUltra. Those are, that you can, there's, there's some weight behind those. Right. Yeah, which is what which is, it's that's what made things feel kind of real. Like, oh, then we start questioning: Are some of these true? Like, because if this is true, then may, no, it just it just made it feel a little bit more real. Because if you've ever known anybody who gets sucked into conspiracy theories, like, there's a lot of things that kind of lead up to it. I mean, <clears throat> so for me, well, I will I will say this: for me, and make fun of me all you want to, I bought into 2012 hook, line, and sinker. 
In 2010 and 2011, I am in my window watching planes fly over my head thinking, here it comes, it's, 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 it's going to happen. I was completely out of my mind paranoid. A lot of that had to do with just the way that the internet aggravated everything. Like, it was absolutely ridiculous. It absolutely messed with my mind. I will be the first person to admit that, and I'm not ashamed of it. But, I mean, there there are some things that you hear, and it's like, all right, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, no. <laughs> like... Like, absolutely not. I do not believe that Kubrick filmed the moon landing, and that's just, no. We, we see Jerry driving home, and he wants to park on the side of the street, so he backs up into someone else's car and just pushes it down the street. I thought this was great. How? It went nowhere. I saw that. I'm like, wait, how? he just hit a car? How? It's a parked car. How is a parked car rolling? How? It wasn't in park. Stop, dude! Really? So it was well, just it was just sitting there on the side of the street in neutral. Yes, <laughs> it had to have been. Sure. Okay. I mean, the per- for the in scene it was, for the scene, the car was probably just put there in neutral. But in real life, the car was supposed to be in park, and it would never really happen. No. Um, but the way he gets into his house, he climbs up the fire escape, counting the entire time up, timing himself. He goes up to the roof to go down to his apartment. Um. Yep. Which is set up for anyone who breaks in. He ha- It's all wired up. Um, he's got a toothpick waiting for him that he, you know, is leaving there to make sure that it's, he can tell if someone broke in or not because it would be, it would be moved. Um, when he gets into the house, he locks everything up and then places a beer bottle systematically or not systematically, but, you know, right on top of the doorknob. So if it turns, it'll fall and break. Here's my issue with that, because we saw later on, there's no way that living in an apartment building, there wouldn't be some type of vibration from another tenant that would just knock that over. That anyway. was my problem. Somebody going into the apartment right across the hall from him, that beer bottle's coming down. Just the pressure. Just the pressure of, 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 an, of the doors opening and closing and from other pl- places. And then when, I saw, when I saw her do it later, too, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, there's no way that's staying there. There's no there. way it's staying there. Here's another thing. If you're... I live in a pretty well-built house. I'm on the third floor. And when there's heavy winds, like a storm is coming through, the top floor of my house shakes a little bit. We live in New England. It happens out here a lot. This guy's in New York. I'm pretty sure that if a storm comes along or something like that, the top floors of his apartment building are going to shake, and that that bottle's still going to come down. So what is the point? (laughs) I don't know. I'm, I'm with you on that one, Lee. This one bothered me. It, it, I'm with you guys. It's just he's in a state of psychosis. Oh, and absolutely. Fear, and he's just trying to make it work. Um, I do want to comment on a couple of things, though. The way that he gets into his apartment. When he's down on the street, this movie's trying to make you believe that he's up to something shady. He grabs a yep. bag. He's looking around, making sure that nobody's watching him. And then he starts to climb the fire escape. But then you realize <laughs> he's up to nothing. He's just going into his apartment. Another thing that I want to bring up is the state of this person's apartment. It's not just the papers that are all over the place and the files that he has and the, you know, the, the, the board with all the yarn going everywhere with the, um, with, with the, um, oh my God. With the John safety. Lennon. Exactly. They, thank you very much. It's not just all that. It's, it's, it's how disgusting this place actually is. He has dirty dishes and, 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 um, Chinese food containers all over the place. He kills a cockroach that is inside of his sink with a spatula and then hangs the spatula back up on a wall without washing it. It's disgusting. No, and for some what reason... What he says, though, 
he puts the cockroach back in, in the Chinese food container and says, oh, return, return to sender. To sender. <laughs> it's, it's, oh my God. It's disgusting. And it begs me to question, which we find out in a couple of seconds, why does he have all of his food locked up like Fort Knox? His refrigerator yep. is locked. There is items in his refrigerator that are also locked. And I'm like, if I walked into this place and I saw him kill a cockroach with a spatula and then not clean said spatula, I would not eat anything in that place. But then all his, all his dried food goods are behind a locked great, uh, I know. gate as well, too. <laughs> Everything. It was, it and my, was notes avoid, I put, my notes po- are poisoning. My notes are the two things I, outside of all of that. You got Catcher in the Rye books everywhere. Everywhere. And I put locked, refri- locked refrigerator, locked jars in the refrigerator, and then everything else is locked up. I mean, his coffee is locked up. His juice is locked up. Everything's got like a four-digit combo. I understand. <laughs> I understand having all of his dry goods locked up. I mean, if you're going to have the stuff in your refrigerator locked up, might as well lock up the dry goods too. You know, go full on out with it. But that's not going to stop the roaches and the rats that are probably crawling around this place. Like, right, but you have to understand that you have to understand that this guy is not thinking rationally. Oh, not at all. At all. Not at all. I'm just so to uh, someone like you and I would this none of this would make sense. It, it, okay, so the reason why I bring all this up is no, he's not acting rationally. But I'm just looking for a little bit of consistency. You're locking up coffee beans in its own metal container. I would assume that you would have metal containers for your dry goods as well to keep, you know, rodents out. That's, I, I, it's his thing. This whole thing is not about rodents. It's about him af- afraid that somebody would break in there and poison his food, fine, drug him up some more. Fine. Well, I would much, okay, fine. But you can you can kill two birds with one stone. You can you know stop the rats from getting into your food, and you can stop you know from being poisoned. It's but hey. that's but that's rational thought though. <laughs> Listen, there are points in this when movie. There are points in this movie that are coming up very soon where he is acting rationally, just sporadic. The, of, yes, but it's sporadic. It's not his every, and it's only rational because the train of thought that he's constantly in. It's one of those a broken clock is 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 correct twice a day. You're right. You're right. He's he's always sporadic, and in these moments, it happens to actually fit. Whereas if he was doing it. Any other time, he would look just as psycho as he is in this part here, um, which is why I appreciate that he is the same way throughout the entire film. Absolutely, that way it Absolutely. makes it work out. And I'm so not picking. Point, he, I'm not picking on it at all. I just think it's funny. no. I know. Oh no, <laughs> I, just I, I think get it's you. hilarious. <laughs> um, he goes through his newspapers, the ones he just bought, to you know look at anything suspicious or new news that's going on in the world today. Try to find any more. Proof of conspiracy theories, like earthquakes across the country and NASA trying to kill the president. Yeah, we'll get there. Via an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we finally leave his apartment, and it's next day. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang go on. Go ahead. Hang on. So, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a through, long podcast. He's going, through, he's, going through all of his, he's going through all of his newspapers, right? I think it's incredibly hilarious that he saves the rope that's tied up from his newspapers and he hangs it on the wall and there's like a dozen others like right yep. there with them like he has a place for them and they're in their place and that's it i think that's hysterical he's going through all these papers he's highlighting sections he's cutting out articles and i don't know why it doesn't really go anywhere because he writes his own newsletter like he's not like copy and pasting or going to Kinko's and like making a photocopy for his newsletter. He's just writing everything out by hand or typing everything and that's it. It's absolutely ridiculous. So again, I just, he's not rational at all. 
And here's where he's really not rational is that after he goes, he goes to City Hall um, or the Justice Department where she works. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 uh, no, no, the, no, 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 You skipped over a part. You skipped over a part that's even more. So as he's mailing out these newsletters, he doesn't. Oh, I'm there. Oh, yeah. oh, no, I'm there. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, okay, he I'm gets, sorry. He, he shows up there and he drops off the mail for his, for his newsletters that he sends out. And he walks away from the, you know, the side of the road, the side of the road, those blue mailboxes. He walks away, kind of twitches a little bit, turns around, walks back, and double checks inside the mailbox to see if there's somebody actually in there I was taking actually, his no, no, mail. No, 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 no. I was actually <laughs> going no, somewhere no. else with it. I was actually going somewhere I, I else with it. I thought he was just checking to make sure it actually went in there. Sure. He No, he was making sure that there was nobody in there. Like He was making sure to that the mailbox it. wasn't bugged or, or whatever. <laughs> like That's what he was doing here. So it, it, it's it's even funnier than that because he's not just using the one mailbox. He goes oh, to no. he goes to separate mailboxes to mail each letter. He doesn't use just one. He he spreads it out. He does not want to be detected at all. <laughs> and to, and we end with him across from a courthouse. And that's the one that he thinks is bugged because you're right. He does turn around, goes back and he looks inside <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that nobody's in there that that took it. And you know what? <clears throat> he's justified by what we find out later on yep. in this movie. He's not wrong. So like I I guess so. <laughs> here's here's one of the funniest parts to me is he walks into the building and everybody knows him. Every the cops know him, the security guards know him. He's been in here Every, a lot. He has been in there a lot. Uh, he was like, he talks about the the statue of justice and how she's blind and all this stuff. And, you know, he, he throws the guards off to walk by them. They catch him and they ask if he has an appointment. He doesn't. And he throws, he has like a, like a, like a three-year-old meltdown. I want to see Alice. I want to see Alice. He's a full on temper tantrum. In, in Full this on lobby, temper tantrum. In this lobby, right. cr- creating quite the commotion. Alice's boss is telling her to get him out of there. Um, and as they're about to get him, kick him out, she comes in and says, I'll take it from here. And she brings him into her office. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so he goes into I the knew story. We were gonna, hold on. I knew we were going to have so much fun with so this So did I. Movie. That's why I wanted to start with this one. So... He's in her office, and he goes into the story about how he's worried that NASA is trying to kill the president with a new super weapon that can trigger earthquakes. He thinks it's really weird that six major earthquakes have happened in the past three years, and for all of them, there has been a shuttle in orbit. Now, was Lex Luthor involved in this? I guess so. I'm this, just saying this Richard, is straight Richard Donner. Out of, this is straight out of a DC comic. This is straight... This is... Not to jump ahead, but the, the, the TV newscast at the very end of the movie <laughs> talks about how the president left early, and if he was there, he would have yeah. died. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is... Thanks. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. This is great. This is great. This is great. This is great. And, yeah. You can go ahead. Um, that, 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 that's all I wanted to say. NASA's trying to kill the president via earthquake. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I wrote down testing seismic weapons, earthquakes, <laughs> you know, president is cutting. And it's all happening because the president is cutting funds to NASA. So because mm-hmm. they're cutting, because the president is cutting the funds of NASA, they're trying to get back at him by using earthquakes. <laughs> you know what's funny is if anybody else, was, if we were sitting here with anybody else and they were having this conversation in real life, we would be like what are you thinking and he's like you need to warn the then he brings up them they they and them and they oh another movie i know i brought this up before another movie that you need to watch chuck you need to watch they live you need you. Oh that, geez, that's if your you've homework. Never seen they live. Oh. This is your homework. You need to watch Network and They Live. They <laughs> I live. I will do that. They you live. You need to watch watch They Live is because of Roddy hysterical. Roddy Roddy Piper oh and um. Oh, what's what's the other guy's name? The one that one of the Keith, fights Keith f- David. Over, like Keith David. Yeah, Keith. Yeah, Keith David. Oh my God, I, I've said yeah, it, I've said it on this with, podcast it before. Like, oh. oh he fights with them because he won't put on sunglasses. So, so they, the they whole get, movie, they get into a full-on wrestling match on concrete. Not a wrestling match. A is that where brawl. free guy? Well, is that where free guy came from? Brought it from? Yeah, it's I guess similar. so. I think I brought this up when we did free guy. So the whole yeah, movie, it was. the whole movie yep. is about um, how there are basically uh, lizard alien people that invaded Earth and they are disguising themselves as humans. And the only yeah. person right now that can see them for who they are is Roddy Roddy Piper because of a special pair of sunglasses that he puts on. And he comes across Key David and they get into an argument about what's actually going on. Roddy Piper wants Key David to put on these sunglasses so he can see the truth. Keith David is having nothing. None of this, and None because of, of this, they get into an epic brawl in an alley. I mean, full on knock yeah. down, drag out, punch you in the face fight. And then finally, Keith David puts on the sunglasses and they're friends. But I mean, it's it's yeah. the most ridiculous <laughs> thing in the world. Did the we just become best friends? Just Pretty much. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Did they did that long before um, Step Brothers? But oh, that's funny. oh yeah. my god, oh, yeah. it oh. is fan. Fantastic. You need to watch that. That's your homework, man. You need to watch They Live and you need that. to watch Network. We should add those we should add both of those movies to our list. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh jeez. Uh, they so Live is phenomenal. We've got quite the list, boys. Yeah. Hey, it needs to go and go and go and go. Um So she she finally asks him why he won't make an appointment. He says, I won't make an appointment because they, they? will be expecting him. Um which is true. It, it, it's absolutely <laughs> it's true. So, so true. <laughs> it's 100% true. And he's like, are you going to warn the president? And she's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you think I'm crazy, don't you? She's like, no. Cause, 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 I, think, I think you're different. <laughs> this, because in his mind, this random lawyer in New York has access to the president. <laughs> <laughs> and he, she's like, you've been in my office a dozen times. And because he asks her out for coffee and he, she's like, you've been in my office a dozen times. Why are you just now asking me this? He's like, I don't know. No, no, no. And he's like, actually, it's eight times. That was about the horse. <laughs> yeah. That was about the horse's so name. Oh, notices, yes, you're right. He notices the picture of her riding a horse. Her, that's right. And he takes right. a lot of interest in this. Me, I missed that. You're right. He takes right. a lot of interest in this and he, he starts asking her about the horse and what the horse's name is and how come she doesn't ride anymore. Then he goes into this thing where he starts making comments that are very anti-normal life and for some reason he's very against Coco. 
I don't know why he's against Coco. It's just it's just a thing that he does not like. I must have missed that part. He's against Coco. <laughs> he's, he he makes comments well, that are anti-normal life and anti-Coco. Okay. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I don't. It, it's just he he just says. Uh, I don't think what he says. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he's driving back. What could only he's driving past what could only be the same construction scene that we saw in the very beginning of the movie. Back up. Please back up. Okay. Please back up because there's something else that happens and it's hilarious. (laughs) After after his comments about Coco, they're both picking up some papers off of her floor and they both lock eyes and he asks her out and she laughs in his face and says no. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. I love it. I absolutely love it. And and that's it. He he shut down and he leaves. And then go ahead. <laughs> but then she falls in love with them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not right yes. There. yes. 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 She falls in love with him anyways. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. That's how this movie ends. Spoiler warning, everybody. She falls in love with him anyways. This psychotic man is stalking her throughout this entire movie, and she falls in love with him. Only Julia Roberts would fall oh, in yep. love with her stalker. 100%. <laughs> or her pimp. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. So, so now where he's back in his car and he's driving what could only be the same construction scene site as what we saw in the beginning of the film. Um, and he talks to one of the construction guys. He's like, don't the water makes the water mains break or go in the wintertime? And it's happening over a subway, come to find out. Um, and he's followed up in the previous conversation. And then he begins to freak out. Um. Again, we don't know why. He just likes to have spasms every once in a while. Go ahead. Okay, so he freaks out because he notices an SUV with government plates, and he immediately thinks that something's up. Conspiracy! That's exactly where yep. his mind goes. And oh, he's yeah. right. He goes, and I said that he's, he's, following them, he's following them to the criminal courts building. Yep. And he's following... I wrote down them, they, the men in black, and he calls them spooks. Uh, any, so, any term, so the yeah, men, yeah, yeah. Any term they, will do. They, yep. Um, they have a video of him inside of this court <clears throat> building. Yep. They're following him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All of his paranoia is kind of justified. And you see it because he goes, you see him next leaving the sandwich shop. He buys a sandwich. And then that same SUV that he was following grabs him and they take him away. (laughs) And this old man eating a sandwich, like, doesn't notice it until it's already been done. And then suddenly he turns around like, wait, what was that? Of course. And, and, and Lee, this is the the next part where he's tied up to a a wheelchair. And I want Lee to explain (laughs) this whole scene. Okay. Well, I don't have my notes in front of me here, but... I don't think um, you need the notes. <laughs> so it starts off with him just basically tied to the chair. He's saying, spouting out random things that really don't make much sense. He says, I know who you are. Wait, I don't know who you are. I, I know what you did. No, I, I mean, I don't know what you did. Like he just kept everything he said. He would say it and then he would just take it back and say the opposite. He was just shouting out anything he could. Then they taped his eyes open very well. 
<laughs> so he's stuck with his hands tied to the wheelchair, his eyes taped open, and they put on a big blinding light so he can't see the person who's in front of him. That's clearly Patrick Stewart. Like, we know it's Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Patrick so he's Stewart. his character. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Um, yep. So he's he's yep. Dr. Jonas, apparently, which, you know, we find out more later on. But we see him. He starts saying some stuff. He's asking, what do they know? What did you tell them? What's, you know, like basically all this stuff. And it's just it's this ridiculous scene where, again, he can't see. He can't blink. It was like, man, this is crazy. They start waterboarding him, <laughs> shoving him in the water. And for some reason, while he's underwater, you can clearly still hear Patrick Stewart like pretty well. Like, what do, what do they do, Jerry? What do you tell him, Jerry? And you pull him up, pull him back. Finally, it gets to the point where he just gets right up. And, and so he um was this. Oh, this must have been after he gave him some gravy. Gravy for gravy the brain. Gravy for the brain. And he goes off on gravy. And you get all these weird cartoon images of somebody holding a big thing of gravy. Well, there's a TV. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, I believe, it's, I believe, I believe. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just going nuts and shouting out random things. I could, I It's... It was weird. We had to turn it down because I didn't want to wake the kids up, and I didn't put subtitles on. I, I wish I did because he was just spouting out a bunch of random gibberish that I, I guess was somewhat related to some stuff. But well, he, he was asked. He was he was asked, "What do you know?" He's like, "I don't know what I know. I don't know what yeah. I would tell you if I knew, but I don't know what I know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't so, know what I know." He finally goes, "So this is about the president. This is about the earthquakes. Oh my god, this is about the. Are you from NASA? He are you from goes NASA? on <laughs> like this. Yeah." Well, the best part is Patrick Stewart is grilling him oh and grilling him. And I'm looking, I'm like, he's very close to this man's face. <laughs> it, it could be worse. Your nose could exactly. be gushing blood. <laughs> he reaches out and just puts this guy's honker right in his mouth and chomps down hard. Like this was not just a quick little penguin squirt and that's it. Nope. It looked like he, it looked like his nose was off. Yeah, it did. For a it minute there. It looked like there, he severed his nose, his nose off. off. His off. it looked off. like his nose came off. <laughs> it was Nostrils fantastic. Bridge. It's coming off. <laughs> so he bit the dude's nose off so we think. And then He's still freaking out, totally drugged up, freaking out, and he just starts like he kicks kicks Doctor Jonas into like these shelves, and sparks are flying, and he just starts he he's the best way I can describe it. He starts Fred Flintstoning himself around with the wheelchair yep. with his yep. toes, yes, pushing himself down yes. down the hall. Now the weirdest thing is he's running down the hall or whatever, tiptoeing himself around down the hall very fast. And he and he sees down the hallway a figure that looks like Patrick St or Dr. Jonas freaking out like, ah, my nose, come back here. And then he turns around, goes the other way, and suddenly he's there again. And I'm like, I am so disoriented. How is he coming? For is there a mirror? Is Did he just spin around and do like a 360 and start going again? Like, what's going on? So I'm almost and positive then, the most of what's going on here is probably the drugs. Oh, absolutely. Like him, well, seeing, that, him, again. him seeing Patrick Stewart on both ends of the hallway, that's clearly the drugs talking. Like, well, no... that's my point about this whole movie is that we are as disoriented as he is. Well, the thing like, is, the is they, were, they, were two, they were two of Stewart's henchmen in the film. He was True. just seeing them as Stewart. <clears throat> Holding okay. his nose. As Jonas. Right. Yeah. yeah. But that's what we saw. And then it gets to a point where he, he goes down a hallway, sees a staircase... <sighs> 
and people coming and he looks around like I don't want to do this but then he just throws himself down the stairs and he starts going down one guy's running up the stairs after him he goes down basically hits the guy who goes through a window which is like caged as well and the guy just flies out now I don't remember if the sound effect you know the Wilhelm scream was was there or, I don't or think the, it was there the, I, I, I was it not up, the I, no. monster scream it wasn't it wasn't the, the Wilhelm <gasps> scream no, it was not the Wilhelm scream. It, it should have been there. Okay. It wasn't there. It should have well, been there. Because I well, should have been he, there. All you hear, though, is uh, Jerry going, he's flying. He's flying. <laughs> he's flying. He yells he's out, flying. he's flying. That was, I will again. never be able to get this visual out of my head. Of oh, Mel know. Gibson know. with his eyes with taped his eyes open, open, strapped to a wheelchair, going down a flight of stairs, and kicking a man out of a caged window. This is now, an image that will you, last for the rest of my life. Now you understand. That's the only thing I remember in this movie. <laughs> like that was the first thing. I'm like, I, whenever, whenever, when Chuck first said conspiracy theory, when he's like, "You ever see that?" I'm just like, ah, ah. <laughs> he's just screaming uncontrollably. Then he he goes down the the second part of the stairs after he goes through the the you know hits the landing there, crashes into another guy. They flip over multiple times to the point where the chair breaks into pieces. Mm-hmm. The other guy's dead. And he's not dead, but he has a spoke in his side, which he pulls out and gets up and runs away. Now, he immediately goes right back to that criminal court and just starts freaking out. And I'll let you take back over here, Chuck. But it's it's because the first thing he yells over is like, I bit his nose off. I bit his nose. <laughs> well, no, so, he, he question. He go question go about this. So. The second flight of stairs that he goes down, where he tumbles with the other henchmen and, and the wheelchair right. breaks into pieces. This guy, is he dead? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He broke we his think, neck, that was right? the, idea. the thought yeah. is that he's dead. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. But Mel Gibson's not. Yeah. No, Mel Gibson's <laughs> yeah. not. The, the guy that he's tumbled fine. down the stairs with him with the wheelchair, he's, he's dead. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wait that's, a second. Is this the point? Now, now I'm getting things confused. At this point, he's, still, he's running out of the place at this point. And things are very weird. Like he still has quite a quite a ways to go, right? Like he, he runs, runs down. down the he runs down. He runs, runs outside. He runs outside. He runs outside. He ends up in the back of a tr- of a laundry truck, and we yep. and we realize that he's leaving a mental hospital. Yep. So that's what it was. Okay. okay. Yeah. This is why. This is kind of why. Before I said that we're 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 seeing this movie, yes, from his point of view, and we're supposed to be disorientated, but. He's kind of an unreliable narrator because mm-hmm. this movie is pulling you in a couple of different directions. On one hand, yep. you are thinking, okay, his paranoia is justified because he's being followed. And on the other hand, he's escaping from a mental institution, which he absolutely belongs in. So mm-hmm. is what's happening here really happening? At this point, at this point, this is what I'm thinking. Is everything mm, yeah. that's it's everything that he thinks is happening actually happening, or has he had just a massive psychotic <laughs> break and he's just done? And you know, Julia Roberts has had enough, and she made a phone call to get this guy locked up. Like, because that's yeah. kind of what this movie suggests at this point. Yeah, but then the next scene happens. <clears throat> yeah, and he's all crazy and yep. a mess. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the to the to the to her to her building again. Um, he's like, I don't know what I know. I don't know what I know. Um, cops are there. There's two cops trying to, you know, corral him in. He grabs one of the guns of the cops. Um, you know, basically is, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, keep him at bay. She comes out, um, starts talking to him. He puts the gun down and then four cops like jump on top of him. Yep. Oh, um, yeah. 
and she realizes that he's got blood all over his shirt, that he is bleeding, and he's like, the other guy, I bit his nose off. This, like, is, I bit another it thing. Off. <laughs> this is another thing that made me kind of question what he was talking about, because he's, he's talking about how he bit this guy's nose. We saw him bite this guy's nose. There's no blood around his mouth. No, he wiped it off with the dirty linens. Sure. There's no blood around his mouth. <laughs> There's no I blood in his mouth. There's no blood around his mouth. There's no blood around the collar of his shirt. Like, you would figure... You well, would... how does James Bond do it and not get dirty at all? That's true. Fine. <clears throat> <laughs> Dust Fine. Re- or, yeah. Fine. Blood repellent clothes. I, I think there's, there probably should have been blood in it. I, I just... He should have been uh, drenched blood. in blood. Sh- if you want to sell this, if you want to sell this part and you want to make it very clear that what he's doing is actually happening and this is not him having a massive psychotic break, he should be covered in blood. It shouldn't be just That's... a little spot where he got, you know, punctured by a piece of metal on his lower torso. His right. face, his chin, his neck, the collar of the shirt that he's wearing, everything should be covered in blood. 100%. Should be, but I think that I'm just going to, you know, throw something out there. Again... We're trying to figure out what's real and what's not real. So maybe they still want us to kind of play with that. And we didn't realize it might have really been or it could have been a lot more real until we saw Dr. Jonas again with this big bandaid on his nose. (laughs) So when she realizes that, you know, he's been he's bleeding and he's wounded, all of a sudden everything stops and he kind of passes out. He curls up like a baby in her arms. Yep. yep. And just says he needs a little nap. He needs a nap. Yep. <laughs> and then he wakes up in the hospital the next day, handcuffed to a bed, and now he's freaking out again because he's handcuffed to a bed. Um, Alice asks him to try and share what happened. So this is where he goes into what was happening and how he bit the guy's nose off and everything. Well, also, they're putting him to sleep right then and there, too. They're, they're giving him, like, they're putting something in his IV to, to help him sleep. Right. Not that he does not want that. No. And as soon, as, soon as, as soon as they leave, he asks her to switch the charts. He's like, switch the charts and save my life. Yeah, there's, some, that guy. there's yeah. some rando in the same room as there's, him. In the same room, right. He's like, switch, switch the charts, save my life. And then he passes out. She basically calls him paranoid. Um, and then she leaves the room. We later learn that she doesn't. Yep. Why? Oh, well, I mean, we don't later learn that she does it. We see her conflict and, and we kind of guess she probably did do it. She's very adamant in the next scene that she's in that she didn't do it. Yeah, but right. we know that that's baloney. No, we don't. How do you, you oh, really? I, you picked I, up on that? Because I didn't. Absolutely. Okay, fine. Oh, I, I didn't I pick up on that. Looks like you're better than I, I am, picked sir. Up on it, I, I picked <laughs> up on it. I picked up on it because it was clear that she was just saying, I didn't do that. You're cr-. like, so she, she didn't want to feed into his delusions. The second time I watched the movie, I figured it out. So she's no, okay. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't want to feed into his delusions. So she lies to him and makes him even more paranoid. Like, okay, if you didn't do it, who did like well, this? That makes sense. Yeah. Well, be, well, not even that. She, like she's, he still doesn't know what's really going on at this point. Like he has his own, like his own paranoia because of things he knows. But some of the stuff that he, not everything he knows is completely true because he can go off on a, on a deep but that, end. But that's why I was it. saying before, broken clock is twi- is right twice a day. This is that right. part where his brokenness is actually correct. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and his paranoia right. is actually real. <clears throat> right. And um, yeah, I, I, well. Th- I figured it out. I knew when I watched this scene for the second time I watched the movie, I knew that 
You, you could tell because of the yeah, but that's your second time. She, she was, that's she your second conflict. time watching it, so obviously you're gonna get it because you saw the <laughs> it's end. It's a joke. I'm talking about right, my first time. Th- <laughs> no, not you, Chuck. I'm talking about my first time through it. My first time watching it, I it, it threw me off until the end because exactly. at that point it throws you off like, until the end. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. was she good for you, Lee? Good for you. I just want applause. Congratulations. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to <laughs> get an applause here. I'm just saying. The way that she was acting, she was clearly conflicted about it. She was conflicted, when, but it doesn't make and, sense why she would lie to him then. Why lie to him it, and feed into his delusions even more? Why make him even more paranoid? To not feed into his delusions, because if if she said, yes, I did it, there are people that you, you would have died. That's her saying, yes, you were right. She didn't want to tell him that he was right. But he knows he's right. He knows he's right, but she didn't want him to. He thinks he's right. She doesn't know anything. He knows about him. he's right. Like through, I'm fully convinced throughout this entire thing that he <laughs> knows more than what he's initially letting on. He doesn't actually give like the full exposition dump until they're in the barn. So, yeah, no, that's uh, okay. I picked it up because it was obvious that she was just messing with him. Because otherwise, she would have been like, "No, I didn't do it," and then move on. You can see how she responded. It was just the way that she acted. I think she acted it beautifully. If you guys couldn't get it, but you can, but. Some people can tell there's a conflict. Okay, cool. Then I think that was well well done, well acted. Conflict, sure. There we go. I'm not saying there wasn't conflict. I'm just, I don't see the point in lying to him. I, I did. So, um, that's that. Um, Sue, yeah. That was that. She basically, what, takes off again, and he... <laughs> I, I forgot... Like, I didn't remember where this was going, but he just take he's looking at his oatmeal and then just starts spattering it on his face. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, um, what? Like, yeah. I, I even even this time around watching it, I was still kind of like, what, what what is he doing? Like, I have no idea, but it was a really good idea and it worked. Yeah, it, it so, sure did. My question is this. <clears throat> did when you throw up. It does not go all over your cheeks and the top. Like it, it comes out. It's like right. But if he was all- if if he was laying down and he was like if having he was laying some type down of seizure, and he was drugged and he can't yeah. and he doesn't have all his faculties about him. Right, that's it what happens. it would look like. That people drown like that. That's See, but this die. right here, this right here is a, we we used to, we watch Breaking Bad. This yeah. right here oh. is a well thought out process, though. Oh, something yeah, that, absolutely. Something that with this character you're not expecting. And no. I think that's what that's what Yeah, and it's I think the biggest thing here is he clearly is very very trained, but he's very very messed up. Yep. And all of that is very clear oh, because yeah. everything it's, he didn't hear it, so does it's there's Jason Bourne gone wrong. <laughs> it, it reminds me yeah, you much. guys have haven't seen The Man Who Knew Too Little, right? Yes. It's you have Yes. The Man Who Knew Too Little, not not the serious movie, the, the joke with okay. Bill Murray. No, no, then no, I have yes. Okay, it's you... it's it's a, it's one of those case of stake, mistaken identity thing where it's like they're haphazardly, like they're not even paying attention and they're like taking out the bad guys by like, you know, shutting a door at the right time or stepping off a plank. You know, like things are happening to the, you know, antagonists um, because they're just like doing their thing. Like Mr. Magoo, it's usually a goofy thing that's going on. But here, it's funny because that's what's happening here. Like everything he does, where he's trying to like run away or whatever, it just it just falls into place. But, I but think in this case, the... though, it's not by accident. He knows it's happening. It's just it's funny right. because we're like, there's no possible way this could actually happen. Right. But it's all happening. But um, it's all happening because even in the midst of his his psychosis, going completely nuts, 
he's able to land all of these plans that he has. But that's, that's the what thing. makes it. But that's. Yeah. But that's the thing, though, is we think it's his psychosis. Right. It's not. Mm-hmm. There are times where he has his moments of psychosis, but right. throughout the whole thing, it's just we have a hard time seeing which one's which we think it's just a constant state of psychosis when in reality that's why i was saying before you know you have those people like i'm not crazy well yes you are well i'm not the more you say it the more people think that you are Mm -hmm. um it's like pleading the fifth if you plead the fifth so much they're gonna think that you are guilty because if you weren't why not say anything of course yeah you know i think that's another problem i think that's another minor problem that this movie has along with the whole unreliable narrator thing that's going on here I think if this character had some kind of a military background to explain how he's able to get out of all these situations, I would have been able to digest it a lot easier. But he, mm. but he was trained. They took untrained people and made them that's, assassins. That's not exactly and, how MK Ultra worked. No, I know that. But what happened in this film is after they shut it down, jo- that's why in the, in the end of it, Jonas kept him and kept on training him. And kept on drugging him. Right. And then it when then it went sideways. Right. So he had all this training and then but they were drugging him up so much with electroshock and all these drugs that the guy snapped. And now he just has so it's like Jason Bourne who has no memory but can still do all of this stuff. This guy has no brain cells but can still do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um it's Jason Bourne gone bad. But basically. Jason, Jason, Jason Bourne had a military background. This person was Ooh. in a room hooked up to a tube Jake. being fed psychedelics. That is not that is that, that's not going to teach you the muscle reflexes that that Mel Gibson has in this movie. No, but he was he was an assassin. He was a brainwashed assassin. He was sent to kill that guy, but he didn't. He didn't. So he was definitely trained he at didn't. one point he or was, another. He was, he was trained, but it didn't go anywhere. Like, out of his, well, well even yeah. if you want to believe him out of his own mouth, he never killed anybody. Well, he might have. Oh, he killed people. You he said he did, I thought. He killed people. Yeah. Just um, we don't know who. Jonas said he killed people. Mm, I thought he even said he did. No, but he never regardless, missed killing anybody. He never missed mm-hmm. a killing anybody. He even tells um, he even tells one of the FBI agents that's watching um Julia. I'm I'm horrible with names. I apologize. He even tells the um the FBI agent in the car later on when he's watching Julia Roberts' apartment. Like I'm mm-hmm. not a violent man by nature, and he just knocks him out. Like well, he, by there's no yeah. there's no there's <laughs> but no by programming. Hint, there's no hint that this person killed anybody. So I'm I, I don't know. I have a I, it's one of those things. I have a really hard time with that. That. Fine. You want to try to train, you want to try to train an assassin to be mindless and brainwashed via MK Ultra. I'm perfectly fine with that. But the, the the muscle reflexes that Mel Gibson has in this movie suggest something a lot more, and you never really get an explanation behind that. And I'm picking on it right now because you're right. Well, you're both right. This movie has been very you know detailed in such a manner that you would expect there to be something of that element here, but there just isn't. I think, I, and I, I, I do think that's that's a problem. So you have an unreliable narrator, and you have kind of a, a clunky background with this character, and we're just supposed to accept that he's falling backwards into all of these situations, and he's able to miraculously make his way out. Eh, I... Eh. But he's not... But the way he does it, though, it's not... <clears throat> it, it's not pretty. Everything is no, a disaster. No, it's not pretty at all. No. So, so <laughs> the muscle smooth. memory part 
the muscle memory part is, okay, if I do this, you know, if I pretend to have a heart attack, this will happen. If they change the charts, this will happen. But him trying to escape things, he, he's clunky. He's all over the place. He's a mess. Um, and it, it's, except for a few parts, that's how it, that's how it is. And to get to kind of get back into it, her boss is there and they're telling her how, you know, you, you know, all the initials are downstairs. So she goes downstairs to see what talk with all the initials. All the initials. Um, at this yeah. point, he's faking the, the heart CIA, attack. The CIA, the FBI, right. the KFC. Yeah. No, first she, of all, this, this guy, oh, I just want to say something about this guy, Wilson, her her boss. He has been cap. He was Captain Murphy in all the Lethal Weapon movies. Oh. I'm like, I, yeah, I'm sitting I'm like, wait, I'm like, I know this guy. I know this guy. He was Captain Murphy in Lethal Weapon, Captain Healy in Demolition Man. And like, oh, let's wow. see, like, he, yeah. Oh, man. Demolition Man. He's always he's always like a cop or a detective or a sergeant. He was a sergeant in Predator Two. Like seriously, he's he just loves to play cops, and, and that's why he's like, that's why he sounded so familiar and official. He's 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 always that like authority right. figure one way or another who's over people, like overseeing people. And that's exactly who he played here. But I just wanted to touch upon that. So I was like, I know this guy. I know this guy. And the fact that he's working with Mel Gibson in here, I was like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, I, I, will know gi- I, I will give you that, Lee. You know, out of all the movies that we talk about or the shows, you'll f- pick out that one person that the average person will be like, I have no idea. Yeah, he's and really good at that. every movie that the person he's plays He's really, really good at that. And you tie it in really, really well, well. You don't know how often. So when I, when I got my first smartphone, the first app I downloaded was IMDb. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, and and it was because when I discovered that website, I was like, "This is the greatest resource that finally answers all the questions." That I sat there for 10, 20 years saying, "Who was that guy? Who was that person who was in this? What other oh, things I, were they in?" I still in? do it while I'm watching a movie. I'm like, "Oh, who was well, that?" Dude, you, you and I, we'll sit there across from each other trying to battle to see who can get it quicker. Yeah, no, I, that's the thing right. though. But it's like I sit there, I'm like, "Oh, now I can just pull stuff up and be like, here we go." But yeah, yeah dude, this guy, I mean. There's there's so many little things that you recognize when you see that. And I love seeing um, like production <coughs> studios and everything using the same people. So you'll see like here just the connection there between conspiracy theory, lethal weapon, and Predator Two. Like okay, they all connect one way or another, and they have this this one guy who's in all three. And right. the, there's the connection with you know um, what's uh, Danny Glover and everything else. But anyway, no, it's perfect. Um, Perfect. At this point, she meets Doctor Jonas and notices the bandage on the nose. Um, <laughs> and in her in her own mind, she's starting to piece together everything that Jerry is saying. She's kinda piecing it together. Um, then there's this giant chase scene, giant, but there's this little chase scene through the hospital, and Jerry comes to this back room and opens up the laundry chute and <laughs> tries to jump down the laundry chute. All the while. The bed rail that he's been handcuffed to, he's running around the hospital with it, and he jumps down the laundry chute, and the bed rail gets jammed, and he's dangling by his handcuff hanging in this laundry chute. He's not holding on to the bed rail. He's dangling by his wrist. Dangling. That would would have ripped his wrist apart. Absolutely. That would have broke his wrist. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That would have very easily broken his wrist. And he did this after he knocked a cop out with the bedroom. Yeah. Um, she comes in, you know, out of all of the rooms that are in the hospital, she ends up going into that room. Well, she finds um, it because she sees the officer's feet. 
she, she walks by the doorway where the officer is knocked out and she notices, you know, hey, there's Something's, an unconscious right. man here. Let me investigate. Right. <laughs> so she goes in. She she hears him talking to himself in the laundry chute. She goes and she grabs the keys to the handcuffs, unlocks him, and then he just falls. <laughs> Luckily down into a giant bin of linens. Yep. Um, she talks to Jerry about Jonas, um, and Jonas tells her that a dog bit his nose. Yeah. So she mm-hmm. tells Jerry that you didn't do it. A dog did. Um, and Jerry goes, woof. <laughs> arf. He said arf. <laughs> he's taking, he just starts barking. Um, at this point, he dresses up as a doctor and he gets out. You know, that ever, the, the cliche of dressing up like people around you, he yep. gets out. And he walks out. Un, he walks out. I love it because the doctor that he's talking to has no idea who he is. As they're walking out next to each other, <laughs> hey, doctor, blah, blah, blah. Uh, listen, I had a patient last week. Do I know you? Who are you? Like the whole thing. They're walking out. They're walking past security. Security can hear this conversation. Clearly, this guy doesn't know who you are, sir. Um, I don't know. Say something. I guess it doesn't really matter. I guess it doesn't really matter in the end. In any ways. Anyways, we're, we're now talking. Uh, we're seeing a conversation between um, Jonas and Alice. Yep. And he keeps asking her the same questions. Why, you know, over and, over. and she's like, I've already answered all these questions for you. Why do you keep asking? He goes, okay, so here's a different one. Why is he confiding only in you? And why does she tolerate him? Um, the two ver- the first question I could, we find out. The second question we never really, you know. She said that you know. I mean, her her answer is, he saved her because she got mugged one night. Um, she probably thinks he's crazy, but she sees something different in him. What does she see different in him aside from a few screws loose? I think it's just. I think it's just. He rescued her from being mugged, and now there's some type of emotional connection. Like, that's the only explanation that's given in this Yeah, she sees something different, nothing that she can explain, just some type, some level of attraction. Yep. But that she can't understand because of the obvious, like, he's he's crazy. Well, it's, it's, and again, going back to the whole cliche thing, again, this was the 90s, so of course, Julia Roberts was a damsel in distress. Yep. yep. Um, and she was rescued by an insane man, <laughs> and now yes. she's in love with him. <laughs> uh-huh. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Well, no, uh, she doesn't know she is. No, she doesn't. Exactly. She doesn't know Deep she's in she love is. with him yet. But you know, we we know. Oh, of course. Yeah. She, she right. because she she didn't get her wings yet. Actually, she did back in what ninety three ninety five ninety five yeah. <laughs> so so come to find out. So he says, Jonas is a psychiatrist for the CIA. Sure he is. Which somebody goes, do they even have psychiatrists in the CIA? <laughs> um, she goes back to the hospital and she goes through all of the things in his room. How um, is, because okay, he I'm sorry. Everything how there. Is, how is a lawyer just able to like flash a, 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 a badge, I guess, and just be allowed access to whatever she wants? Because she's part of the Justice Department. And... Yeah. Okay. All That's right, how they fine. made the movie. Fine. What, was she like the like part of like, like the district attorney's office or something? That's Is that what, what I it was? thought. The Justice Department. It's yeah. Justice Department. Yeah. But so it's she's, she's like she's up there. Still, I I don't know. A lawyer. Mm. 
Yep. I am yeah. a lawyer. Let me in this room, please. Sure. No problem. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, later on, we see that her credentials don't really help much. So, hey, she I'm a bad boy at Market Basket. Let <laughs> so me she, in. So she, so she shows credentials from the, uh, the Treasury Department. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> Um, she's going through all of his stuff, and she sees the catcher in the rye book. Um, there's a cop at the at the door of the hospital, and he says, um, "The guy who shot Reagan had a copy of the book in his apartment." And they go through apartment keys, car keys, and then there's a key to the safety deposit box. Um, and then some random guy comes safe, in and then takes safe everything deposit from her. box. It's a safe deposit box. Now I will. I will point out that i was watching this again with my wife and we were picking picking up little things she calls it a safety deposit box um and then later on you hear patrick stewart say safe deposit box there's something else that she says that he says later on where he says it the right way when she said it the wrong way and it's funny it almost seems like patrick stewart is trying to correct julia roberts throughout this movie <laughs> but anyway i just wanted i wanted to bring that up because uh, I remember always calling it a safety deposit box until I worked at the bank, and I'm like, "Oh, it's tech. It's a safe. It's a safe deposit box." Of course, you are the person to bring this up. What? It was funny because it was. I am Patrick not. Why Stewart am I not like, surprised? <laughs> I'm just saying. Why am I not surprised? I love it. I love it. I Captain just Literal to say has entered the building. Really? Hey, Patrick Stewart was Captain Little throughout. He's like, hey, excuse me. You don't know what you're saying. And, you know, I had to like, <laughs> Logan. Sorry. I, I wish I could do a Patrick Stewart impression. Patrick Stewart. So at this point, Patrick she opens Stewart. up the drawer to the, to the bedside table and she sees Geronimo scratched into the, into the side. He, I, he, I'm sorry. He was, he was, <laughs> he was handcuffed to a bedside table. When did he have the chance to scratch in Geronimo? He had side? only, only one hand was handcuffed. His right hand. And it yeah. was on the right side of the bed. So he leaned over like this with his other hand. I mean, that's not hard. I personally see this as some meta commentary that people who work in hospitals don't pay attention to patients because... <laughs> If you hear scratching inside of a room where a gentleman is handcuffed to the bed and nobody investigates, <laughs> I'm just saying that's kind of an oversight. Yeah, a little bit. A yeah. little bit? A lot of it. <laughs> so, so she leaves and she gets into her car. And guess who's waiting in the backseat of her car? He's waiting in the backseat of her car with all of the tickets that she got throughout the course of the day. Like, <laughs> and she's like, how did you know it was my car? And he's like, it was a lucky guess. Yeah. And he's like, can we can we go? Because I feel naked. And she's like, are you naked in the backseat of my car? He's like, no, it's a figure of speech. Um, Hang on. She, it- as they're pulling away, she can't help but take a peek to see if he's actually naked. Yep. She yep. full on takes a peek like, hmm, like one of those. It was hysterical. Um, he asked her what took so long. And she's like, well, we're going through an entire hospital, so it's going to take a while. Um, they, they get out and he's hiding. He won't sit up because he doesn't want to be seen. Nope. Um. And he tells, she's like, why, why not? He goes, well, I'm going to do a little experiment. We're being followed. There's a tail. She's like, no, there's not. He goes, okay, let's do a change lane experiment. They are following her. And he goes, do you see the Crown Vic? Like he's talking about the car. He goes, the FBI is following us. So she changes a lane. They change a lane. Um, 
come to find out it's Agent Lowry. Yep. Um, it's the FBI agent that she's been working with, you know, the whole time. Um, she then comes to a red light and instead of running a red light, like guys do, like she says, <laughs> she waves the car that's behind her to the front. And that's how you find out that it's agent Lowry. And then he proceeds to ask her out to dinner to swap notes, yeah. to compare notes. Everybody's hitting on Julian Robertson. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he takes off. He takes off at this point, and there's absolutely no car chase. And you know that every guy at this point is wanting a car chase. Yeah, pr- but pretty much. No car chase. No, zero. Um, zero. <laughs> I think what we got was better, though. I, I loved it. I, I, <laughs> I think what we I, did I better. The, it's way better. Because then she asks him, how long have we known each other? And he's like, for six months and 11 days. <laughs> and <laughs> she goes, I'm going to give you one more hour. And where does he take her? To his, his apartment. His <laughs> apartment. His apartment. Mm-hmm. So, at this time, hold on. Before you go, in this time, instead of going up to the roof to get down, they go down to go back up because uh, he does not like going to his, his apartment the same way twice. Right. But there's only so many ways you can get into your apartment. Sure. <laughs> uh, well, we I, mean, I mean, as, as we learn later, there is a, a secret exit that he has. So maybe he does have other ways to get in and out of his apartment that we just didn't see. That's kind of what I'm going on. I like this a lot because as they enter his apartment, immediately the first thing out of his mouth, do you want to know why the Grateful Dead are always on tour? Because <laughs> the they're British all British, British agents. <laughs> and Jerry Garcia is a double O agent just like James Bond. Uh, of course. And Jerry Garcia is also alive. So, I don't know how many people out there knew what Jerry Garcia looked like back in the day, but um, he, was, he, he, was, he was not a small man. No. <laughs> he was no, he not was a not. small man. He was not a double agent. He looked nothing. He was not doing anything but playing guitar. That 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 yeah. was his purpose. That was all he could do. <laughs> he wasn't doing any double O agent. I, I don't understand how he comes to this conclusion. I don't understand uh, why anybody would look at Jerry Garcia and go, oh, yeah, a secret agent. I don't understand this at all. That's why it's so well, funny maybe that's, to me. Maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the that's, whole point. You'd never expect point. it. Wow. Sure. <laughs> um, at this point, he's just going through his apartment and, you know, he offers her a drink. She is at this point in time, she's like, I'll have coffee. But while she's doing that, she's looking around at everything. She's in complete she's noticing, awe. She is in yeah, complete like, awe what the at the heck? state of this man's apartment. It is phenomenal. He, I love he that he can't. I love that. Yeah, yeah. He, go ahead. he forgets the combo to the coffee. He forgets the combo <laughs> to the coffee, so he offers her juice. <laughs> she's fine with that. <laughs> And he has a breakdown because he can't figure out the combo to the coffee. No, 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 no. Wasn't there something else going on and he just like kind of cut it off because no, he some, couldn't something else the combination to the coffee. That was the, that was the inciting event that leads up to his full on breakdown. But initially it was he could not remember the combination to the coffee. Which I thought, led I, on to I him having more issues. I thought he was already nervous about that. I thought nope. he was he was nervous about something else. Nope. nope. And it's and it's sidetracked. No, okay. nope. no. Because then he no. goes because then he because then he's talking about good conspiracies and how the best conspiracies are unimprovable ones. Um and he starts talking about they and she's like, Who's they? And he's like, you know, they, them. Um they even have a secret handshake. 
and he proceeds to show no, no, her no, no. this no, made-up handshake. She said, "Oh, I bet they have a secret handshake too." So then he just like reaches out and does this weird handshake thing, and then like twists his wrist a little bit, and she's like, "You serious?" He goes, "I don't know." <laughs> he's just goofing around. He's like, he's like, he's like, "I'm not they. I have no idea." He's just goofing around. <laughs> yep. Can I? Can, um, may I? She um she she's continuing to go through his things, and she comes across a drawing of a horse and a book of horses. And kind of starts piecing together that he's been watching her for quite a while. Why she doesn't run screaming out of this apartment right here and now and it's just a movie over is beyond me. But no, she she <laughs> sticks around and she's curious and interested and she wants answers. Because if mm-hmm. these two don't stay together, the Matrix won't survive. <laughs> That's right. Because they love each other. They can't die. Oh my God. It is fantastic. Oh, I love it. So then she realizes that he has, she, he's going on about his magazine subscriptions and how he only has five subscribers. Um, yep. And then she begins to notice, you know, the catcher in the ride, how there's so many of them. Yep. And he's like, well, I have some here and some there and some under my bed and some down here and up there. And he says to her that he has no idea why he buys them. Nope. Um, but if he sees one, he has to buy it. But if he doesn't see one, he has to go out of his way to buy it to make himself feel normal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That happened. <laughs> this is a thing. So, this guy has a massive OCD issue with Catcher in the Rye. And it's, I, I don't understand. It, it, I understand the compulsion in buying a book. I understand the compulsion in buying the same book over and over and over again. But this many copies... And if he sees one, he has to pick it up. If he doesn't see one, he has to intentionally look for one way over the top. And again, it's just it, it's adding to his own psycho- psychological disorders now, that are going on, which I think do we is think fantastic. this had something to do with his programming where there were things from Catcher in the Ride that had to do with his programming? Maybe I've never read Catcher in the Ride, so you know, I would nine know. benign. Like well, I'm saying, like maybe there were words in that book that were part of his programming because that's the whole point is like. Think Winter Soldier. That's basically the whole MK Ultra situation, which it's all about. Like, there's things that they would use to trigger to basically set somebody off. I mean, in Manchurian Candidate, they had something. It's yes. like there's always some type of trigger, like phrase, word, you know, process, blinking images, whatever it is. So maybe something to do with this book. They never really touched upon it, though. Here's the thing: this is, in, mean, it, in the Manchurian Candidate and in Winter Soldier, and 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 also in uh, Civil War. There were explanations to the triggers. There was was a clear explanation to the triggers that that, that was going on, right? Here, there isn't. There's no no explanation to Catcher in the Rye. Exactly. I'm just just trying to guess. I have absolutely no idea. My guess is just it's an OCD thing. It's a compulsion thing. It would absolutely fit his character to find something and just latch onto it no matter what it is. That's and right. But wasn't, it, it. wasn't it mentioned that, that they found a copy of that book in somebody's apartment after they killed somebody or yeah. something? Yeah, Mark, Mark, the guy who Mark David the guy Chapman who shot Reagan. Mark, well, okay. the guy who shot Reagan and Mark David Chapman who shot Lennon. They both had copies right. of Catcher in the Rye. So there is a little thing from the. I I've never read Catcher in the that, Rye. I think that's the catch. So I don't know exactly what it's about. So I wouldn't. I, I'm not. And the he's best never judge. read it either. He's never read it either. So he doesn't know either. It's just. I don't know. No. Maybe may, perhaps he read something about Mark David Chapman and Catcher in the Rye just stuck in his head for some reason. 
And that happens to a lot of people. You ever read something or you watch something and there's just a particular part of it that sticks with you and everything else is kind of absent? That happens to a lot of people. I think that I think the point here is that there's some type of connection with the brainwashing that he went through, because if we're talking about two other assassins who who, you know, attempted to kill somebody or did kill somebody happen to have a copy of this in there. I think it's all connected and related, and that's the whole point they were getting at. I, but they I, never, they never really concluded that. And I would, you know, I would agree with that, that, except for the fact that she goes, "Well, didn't she, she goes? Well, I read this in school," and he goes, "That's it, you know, that's when they start teaching you and brainwashing you is in school." Um, right. And then in that moment, he remembers the combo to the coffee container, and he's like, "Do you want some <laughs> coffee now?" I remembered. Yeah, right. Um, but. At this yeah. point, no. Go somebody, ahead, Lee. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I'm yeah. just saying. I'm just saying. I I still I don't see how that changes what I was what I was just saying. I feel like yeah, that's the entire point. Is there's a connection here, but we didn't really know this was all about him being like brainwashed to be an assassin. We didn't know that until later on when we heard from Jonas. So once we heard from Doctor Jonas, the question was: Is that the whole story? Is there something he's not telling us, or something that he's bending? Yeah, we, we get there when, when we do. But the point is, I feel like that was exactly what they were getting at, but they never really concluded that and showed any type of like, okay, we'll see because of this. They didn't do that. I feel like right. this movie you know, would have... They, they alluded to it, but they didn't. I feel like this movie would have done that if that was the case. Like, this movie has been pretty explicit I, I think in the they way just that... the bomb. No, I think this movie is pretty explicit in the way that it's trying to detail things, especially when it comes to his background. If it wasn't in the movie, I don't think it's important at all. And it wasn't. But they didn't... But they still didn't give us much of a background. Did he kill people? Was he an assassin? He says or was he, he just didn't. Sent out to do... He flat out says he didn't kill anybody. Hmm. But he also says that he didn't know if he killed her father because he was trying to work that out. Yeah, he worked it out and he came to the conclusion that he didn't. Like he's in, like he's well, in that moment, yeah. he's in the barn and things are coming back to him the way that, you know, memories do. And no, yeah. he did not kill her father. Like so. Yeah, well, the, the way he was, I mean, I know we're jumping way ahead talking about the barn scene there, but the way he was saying it, you ever hear Tommy Flanagan um, back when, uh, Back on SNL when it was John Lovitz, and he's like, "I went to um, yeah, I went on a date with my uh, my girlfriend Morgan uh, Fairchild. Yeah, that's the ticket. Like that's how he was talking at the end of the in the bar scene. Like everything. I did this. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. Um, and then uh, and then this happened. Yeah, that's it. Like, it, it sounded ridiculous. The fact that she believed him. I'm thinking real life here. The fact that she believed him in that was a little crazy on her part. Not but really. she was already in love with him and didn't really know. It's but. not cra- it's not crazy that she believed him. I think you're looking for something that isn't there right now. There's no Just, there's no hint or suggestion that he killed anybody. There's no why hint. Else? Hang on, let me finish. There's no hint or suggestion that Catcher in the Rye has any kind of significant meaning outside of some compulsion of his at all. None of that's it was there. In, it was in the apartments. They brought it up in the movie. It was in the apartments of two assassins. And then he has a bunch of copies of it. That has nothing to do with MK Ultra. Mm, Mark David assassins. Chapman was no, Mark David Chapman was not an MK Ultra victim. Mark David Chapman was just a lunatic that was way too much of a Beatles fan. Which you could probably Oh my um, really? Because this movie's, Which the you movie's could called probably, Conspiracy Theory. Which it's you could probably cons- conspiracy theory. Yeah, and the movie posits all of the conspiracy theories out laid out <laughs> for you. Mark David Chapman 
You you think Mark David Chapman was an MK Ultra victim that was that was uh, trained and 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 programmed to kill John Lennon? I never said that I did. You're suggesting that's what they now though. I'm I'm suggesting that that's what the movie was trying to do with it. Why would they bring it up? Why would they bring it up that it's in these two guys' apartments and then suddenly he's got five billion copies of it in his? Do you understand? Psychotic. Exactly. Do you understand what a compulsion is? This happens to everybody. It, it's it, okay. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're they... you're a perfect candidate for this because you have Back to the Future <laughs> and Batman Forever stuck in your head forever, and you bring them up ad nauseum. You're you're you do it. So are you a are you a agent? Listen, I can say the same thing right been... now. The funny thing is, you guys in the past month or two have brought up Batman Forever more than I have. So now this I'm is questioning true. you this guys. Is true. This is true. Fine. This is this is true. This is true. But you know what I mean. Everybody has everybody has a compulsion. Everybody has a thing that they immediately harken back to because it's it's a memory that stuck with you from childhood or your teenage years or what have you. This could just tell be- me why. Tell me why they would have brought it up. Those two different things. If they're illustrating somebody who has psychosis and suffers from delusions, has a slew of other mental ailments, why not touch on compulsion disorders? Of course okay, they would. Okay, so we're going to say that everybody who has this delusion compulsion disorder happens to want to collect ca- ca- copies of Catcher in the Rye? No, just him. Yeah, just him. Then why would they bring up that it was in the other guy's apartments? Because it's, it's real connected. life, it's just, they're bringing it's real life into it. It has nothing to do with the story. It's connected for some reason. Why bother bringing it up? It could have been anything. He could he could collect pebbles. And I'm pretty sure that there is some serial killer or agent or assassin out there that collected a bunch of pebbles too. But like, it was it, not it brought happens. up in this movie. Oh. But it was not brought up in this movie. The fact that it was brought up, there has to be a reason. There has to be a purpose. There isn't. Okay. That's the and that's po- the but purpose. That's the, that's the point of the movie is that uh, there there are things that are happening to him that are very real. Fine, he was an MK Ultra victim. Fine, but then there are other things that have no justified reason whatsoever, like the fact that he's locking up food in his refrigerator. Zero, zero reason for him to be doing that. On top of locking up the refrigerator. <laughs> On top of locking up the refrigerator. As if there's, that there's, wasn't there's, enough. There's, in the first there's, place. there's a lot. He just didn't want to be poisoned. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of different things that he's doing in this movie that has absolutely no reason. It's just, it's just his own psychotic episodes feeding into themselves. Right, and you're right, Will. Will, I'm Lee. You're right. He doesn't want his food to be poisoned, but you could lock up the fridge and And nothing else inside the fridge and it would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But to move on, um, the beer bottle that was placed on the doorknob falls off. Um, this is where she. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, 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 I apologize. I do want to go back to something. I want to go back to uh, something that he said earlier after he went on his whole thing about Jerry Garcia. Um, he has a really big problem with Oliver Stone making that JFK movie because (laughs) nobody who has that much information would make a movie like that and live. Like, great, perfect. (laughs) I just, I just think it's funny that he has a problem with Oliver Stone. Now I don't Ridiculous. know if that's I don't know if that's Richard Donner who has a problem with Oliver Stone or or what, <laughs> but his character <laughs> or his character that has a, something tells me is probably Richard Donner just taking a dig at Oliver Stone. Well, when he puts the beer bottle on the doorknob, she's like, "What's that for?" He's like, "Nothing. It's a beer bottle. Like, <laughs> it's just a beer bottle." Well, 
what happens is all of a sudden that someone tries to get into his apartment and it knocks the beer bottle off and this he hears it and he flicks a switch flips a switch and he systematically burns his apartment down. This <laughs> is fantastic. <laughs> and you see everything going up in flame. Because they, Ev- them, men in black, whomever, <laughs> launches tear gas into his apartment. Yep. And he burns it down. All the way. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, is his apartment and this entire apartment complex is the only one that fries. Yep. So, well, yeah, because he set it up with the fireboard. That was the whole point. Right. He did a he did a really good job. He did a really good job. He escapes to the floor above his bedroom, and they go in down. And there's this giant Again. mural on the wall of her on a horse. And there's all these other pictures as well too. That he obviously he's collecting. She sees it and she's like, "What is that?" And he's like, "Oh." That was there when I moved in. It was there when I moved in. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Oh my god! And then he flipped, And then she's like, well, "What are you doing?" He's like, "What's it look? Like? I'm burning my place down." Like, and he, that room somehow survives. Um, but he burns everything else down. He then dresses as a firefighter because he's because while she's asking him this, he's putting on the firefighter out uniform. He carries her out. Why she's letting him carry her out is beyond me. Why she doesn't uh, carries- run screaming is beyond me. There's a couple of points up until <laughs> this moment where I'm like, this guy is out of his mind and you're just hanging around him for reasons that, that we'll get into later. That we'll, we've but already gotten scream- into. Instead, but- of, instead of running away, though, she just goes calmly. She's like, um, who are you, Jerry? And he just goes... <laughs> I'm just a guy trying to put out a fire. <laughs> what? Yes, it was it was pretty ridiculous. Um we now see Jonas in the in the apartment. Um they're going through the room. They find the hidden room. And I I will say this. I've watched so many movies with like FBI agents and you know, one person who's really good at this is Tommy Lee Jones. When you see him in like um the uh the fugitive um what's the fugitive or u.s marshal and you know when he sets you know he wants to or set batman up parameters <laughs> or batman forever uh, when he says you know goes on this line of we need to do this 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 and this you're like this guy is serious and he does a really like set parameters two miles out do this do that you're like this guy does a good job patrick stewart in this part uh, so i i did He's like, I want to know everything about her within the hour, where she eats, sleeps, and who her who her kindergarten teacher was. Yeah, because that's gonna. Why matter. does Why does that matter? It doesn't. Like he's 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 it just it, it's just a figure of speech. It's basically saying I want to know everything. That's it's not about the kindergarten teacher. That's just a figure of speech. It's a. The point well, that, I get the, that, but like I think you, the point that Chuck is trying to make is that Robert Patrick, Robert Patrick, Robert Patrick, Patrick, Patrick no, no, Stewart, movie. Patrick Stewart is not a good fit in this movie at all. No, because let's imagine Tommy Lee Jones. All right, I want blah 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 this that exactly. that blah 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 blah, and he walk out like that's just how Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy does Lee it. Jones would have fit this part. That would have been phenomenal. perfect. That would have been. Could you fantastic. imagine Tommy Lee Jones getting his nose bitten off? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we can. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm trying can. to picture some of the scenes in this movie, and if I don't Tommy know, Lee be, Jones, it, it if, would be it would be very hard for me though to look at Tommy Lee Jones in this weird. Okay, 
this weird duality of is he a good guy or is he a bad guy that they're they're trying to throw in here at one point that he's actually not the bad guy, even though he's clearly experimenting on people and pumping them full of gravy. So I don't know. That's the only thing that's different about it is Tommy Lee Jones being a bad guy. He's a great cop, but I mean, name something he's been a bad guy in where you Batman say, forever. oh, that's you brought it up. I didn't bring you it up. You brought it up. <laughs> I said the fugitive in U.S. Marshals, and you went Batman forever. As a joke, because I, I was surprised you didn't say you, it just to throw it at you me. You still did it, man. I said it at... Okay, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, to, to, to Will's part... That's at the this first point, time I brought it up in a long time. <laughs> at, the, the, at this point, to Will's point, why she's not running is beyond me. Why she brings him to her apartment... Is even worse. Is even worse. Is even worse. And then she starts asking about the draw, the the mural on the wall, and how it's possible that she knows so much about him. And then he changes the subject to her dad, and he goes on about that's why she punishes herself. She sees this picture behind her, and she's on the treadmill, and she run, listens to the music, and she's running away from all these things. And that now she's like, "Are you watching me?" Yeah. This is when she figures out, like, you're watching it. Now her red lights go off. Now her red lights go off. Not the constant reminder of the horses. Not the the questioning in her office. Not the, you know, pictures of horses that he's drawing by hand. Not the mural in his his basement (laughs) or his escape room. It's you were singing a song on your treadmill that that tips her off and her red lights begin to go off. And, oh boy, we're we're, we're, we're off here. It is fantastic. So she, uh, so what does she do? She offers him a hundred dollars to <laughs> her apartment, and he pulls out this wad of cash. He's like, "I got plenty of money. I got plenty of money. I got plenty of money. So I got my rainy day fund." He leaves and then reopens the door, and he's like, "Deadbolt all of like use all your deadbolts." Right. And she's like, "Whatever." And then so what does she do? She deadbolts every single one of her locks. She makes the first intelligent decision in this movie by asking him to leave. (laughs) To leave. This next part, Will already brought it up, but Lowry and the other FBI agent are watching her apartment. I love this. I love this. How they did not notice him going in there is beyond me. How they Um, didn't see him coming out or coming and getting into the car is, wow, okay. Even worse. Well, because he probably went up to the roof and then came down the fire escape. (laughs) (laughs) Or something. Um, well, Jerry FBI, sees them. Hang on. They're FBI agents on a stakeout. They are tasked with watching this apartment, but they do not. Know, okay. Even if Lee is right, they do not notice a sketchy individual coming down a fire escape. Exactly. Not from where they're parked. Sure. No, they're looking, they're looking at, you know, from his favorite view. Anyways. So he's able. Window. So I have to take it here. He's able to knock one of them out without the person in the car hearing. He's able to get in the back seat of the squad car, and then he's able to, you know, question this guy and whatever. Why are you here? What are your intentions? And blah 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 blah. Oh, fine, you're gonna oh, be your okay. Your intentions are admirable. Y- your intentions are admirable. And he takes the butt of his gun and, and and knocks him out. You know, cliche thing that we see in every movie. Oh my god, I loved this because of how well, different it was. This was well, he, he the guy gets knocked out, and then he's like, "Are you paranoid?" Pretending? He's paranoid. He's like, look at him. He says, are you pretending? Are you pretending? Like, and, 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 yes. And he cocks, he cocks the gun, and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I was pretending. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, fine. And then he knocks him out for real, and he's out cold. This was that fantastic. Was, that was amazing. This is the best part of the movie. 
It really was. <laughs> I laughed so hard because and it was the, the funny thing about it was when I saw him get hit in the head and then go down and they kind of like sat on it for a bit. Like they didn't really change the camera angle or anything. They just stayed there. And he was like being paranoid. I was I was watching him just kind of sit there and I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, acting, acting is fun, right? Like this guy's acting, pretending that he got knocked out. And then you realize that in the movie, he actually was pretending to be knocked out. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I like it. I liked it because it was different. We have been oh, watching. Yeah. We have been watching people get knocked upside the head with the butts of guns mm-hmm. for decades among, among yes. decades among decades. And mm-hmm. it always ends the same way. You hit the guy and he knocks out. He's out cold and we're moving on. Yep. This but actually 25 years ago. 25, <laughs> 25 years, ago, years they, ago. They did this and then never did it again. No, ever. I've never seen this before. <laughs> you or know what's since. really funny? It I, was great. I'm looking at I'm looking at an image right here, and apparently this movie is under a list of titles under the <laughs> under the genre romance. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's it's on some list on the side of IMDb. Oh it's a user list, and somebody puts it under title un, under genre romance. Oh my gosh, it's not. <laughs> it's this is not a romance. Nope. I know, but it's somebody made a list and put it on there. That's horrible. Um, at this point, we see. He goes to a Barnes and Noble and he finds the last book of the Catcher in the Rye. Um, now the weird thing is, is when you see FBI agents or CIA trying to monitor somebody, they're monitoring credit cards and debit cards and stuff that that person under their name is purchasing. What are these guys doing? They're monitoring every single bookstore in New York. Right. So that when the Catcher in the Rye pops up for being for for, for sale. Um, they'll know it's him right. because nobody because it's such a it's a non popular book that nobody else but him will buy. Um, so they're after him, and the funny thing is, is when he goes to pay for this, he's like holding the book with the cashier, for, yeah. and he's scanning it, and <laughs> <laughs> it's this whole thing. And then it happens in the beginning of the movie. He's talking about how helicopters go on silent mode or whisper mode. Whisper mode. Um, so the cops, the helicopters now in the town, he goes, we're going to go to silent mode now. Um, so all of this stuff is now coming to tr- coming to pass. Um, he then goes out and buys a pretzel. I don't know why. Um, and then takes off because they're all chasing him. Pretzels are delicious. That's why. So right. he goes, he goes and buys a movie ticket. Go ahead. I love this. So he buys this book, and then they're all after him. So we have an army that ascends from the sky and comes out of the back of these giant 18-wheeler freight trucks on motorcycles, and they just ascend onto him. It is ridiculous. All because he bought a book. (laughs) This 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 is just fantastic. And what he does in this movie theater... You 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 could tell you could tell this movie was made before nine eleven because there's zero chance that this movie oh, yeah. would be made after nine eleven. Anybody well, so that here's, runs here's, into a theater and yells bomb, don't do that. <laughs> I'm no, just so saying, it was like, amazing. The way he did it here was great. So he he sneaks into the theater. The guys are looking around and everybody's sitting down watching the movie. He's ducking down, you know, crouching down lower and lower. And then he realizes he's like, they're going to see me because they're looking at everybody here and they know what I look like. They all have my picture on their forearm. 
And he looks, he looks down and he goes, there's a bomb, there's a bomb under my seat, there's a bomb. And everybody freaks out. And I remember going like, that's really smart. My, my wife yeah. was like, wow, that was a really good idea. Good idea. But then he, but, th- but this is what he does. Everybody's running out and he has the perfect cover, the perfect distraction to sneak out of there. But what he does is when everybody's out, he stops, turns again and looks. He's the only one in there at this point, and they were yep. all after him. He stops and comes in the open just to pop pop out and see how it worked. And they're like, there he is. I'm like, everything you just did, <laughs> every, everything that was great about this was absolutely for nothing. Yeah. Yep. I just, like, that was ridiculous. Because I'm just like, good job. But yeah. then he got caught, like, right then. I'm right like, then well, that was there. stupid. <laughs> but then he knocks the guys out. Then he gets caught outside. Um He's flying. At this point, at this point Alice <laughs> is middle of the night. Alice wakes up because she thinks she hears somebody breaking into her apartment. So she checks the bathroom. She relocks her doors. And then she places a beer bottle on top of her doorknob. And she's like, I'm turning into Jerry. Hang on. She does, she does a little bit more than that. When she goes into her bathroom, she flicks a light switch and it actually shorts out and it freaks her out. So her paranoia yeah. is actually kind of justified here. I would, I would have to say, like, the way that she's thinking right now, like, if I met a guy like Jerry and he's telling me all this nonsense and then I go into my bathroom to turn the light on and the light shorts out on me and sparks fly, I'm going to be a little paranoid. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm going to think that somebody's after me as well. So it, it, it worked for what it was. I kind of wish they went somewhere with it, but they didn't. <laughs> so it, whatever. Well, they were just, they were just showing her, you know, okay. It is possible for even a regular person to start having. Paranoia yes, like exactly. Jerry. I think that was the whole point of that. Yeah. Um, so this is the part that really gets me is the next day. Everybody, but her <sighs> is, is, is surveillancing everybody. Um, everybody is surveillancing her job surveillancing the area around her job. And Jerry is surveillancing everyone else. He sees everybody, but no one sees him. Um, right. <laughs> Alice's boss tells her that she is no longer uh, talk with him, be around him, talk about him, anything. Basically, just stay away. Um, and she goes on with how she does not trust Dr. Jonas at all. So... It flips now. This kind of it's back a back and forth scene. Um, you see Jerry strapping a cable to the back of their SUV, and he is tying it to um, a veggie stand of some sort, or like a like a market stand where they're selling food. Yes. Yep. What does he say after he does that? He says something like, you know, like haha, like something, something ridiculous. No idea. But I, I mean. But just, Alice, I, Alice is, aside Alice from has, sticking a banana in the tailpipe, I didn't like. You know, I was like, "What else? What else is he gonna do here?" He, but the thing is, he did nothing else. He was just enough to distract and get away. Um, so did either one Alice of you? Is, did either one of you catch the name of the coffee shop that he was walking out of? Oh, I did. I New World Coffee. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's perfect. Oh yeah. You can't make this up. You cannot make this up. New World Coffee. Yep. It's perfect. What was it in Matrix? Simulate or something? Simulate. Like that? <laughs> Simulate. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the things that people do. Um, Alice is calling all the names <laughs> of the subscribers on her list and finding out that at least four out of the five are dead. So she's starting to figure out, like, hey, what the heck is going on? She gets flowers from Jerry on the note saying, get on this bus. Um, 
and that's all. That's all. Why she goes and gets on this bus is beyond me. She is following this guy's orders left and right. She is yep. following him. Um, he knows that they, quote unquote, are watching her and expects him to follow. The, and that's why he, you know, the SUV takes out, takes off along with this veggie stand and a cop sees it, follows it, and then crashes into the veggie stand as well too. <laughs> yep. He, the bus stops, he gets on the bus and he's laughing with joy. He is so <laughs> ecstatic that this happens. Like, did you see it? It's so I'm pretty great. sure. I'm pretty sure he was doing some type of ballet moves as he was running alongside the bus too. Like, enjoy. Did you see that? He was doing something sideways as he was like running in, onto the bus. I didn't notice like that. Like a, like a Nicholas, a Nicholas yeah. Cage type thing. Um, <laughs> Hallelujah. They, Hallelujah. I, for, I don't know. I don't know. Did you the name of this billionaire they're talking about, Will, who would quote unquote drown in this pool? I missed the his okay, name. Okay, so this is what I was talking about earlier when the 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 story that's going on in this movie is a little scattered because again, mm. you can't really get a grasp on anything that Mel Gibson is is talking about because of how psychotic he actually is. So it it was it was kind of clunky. I understand why they did it. I understand that, you know, Donner is trying to put us in the mindset of this character. For me personally, it just it doesn't work so a lot of what was going on here a lot of this 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 billionaire or this guy that drowned in a in in, in the um in the tunnel or whatever i was lost on a lot of the the minutiae of what happened with um julia roberts and, and her father and that whole deal and the cover-up is again something that i was lost on these things i was a little iffy about i don't so I'm, so I'm, what was going i was so very what? lost so julia roberts is going on about how this billionaire drowned in this pool and Mel Gibson's like, he didn't drown in this pool. Um, you can even go ask them to say, hey, was there any chlorinated water in his lungs? Because there won't be. Yeah. He goes, right. I'm going to show you exactly where he drowned. And he brings her to the subway and he goes, this is where he drowned. Because it was a cover up because the water mains that broke are what killed this guy. Um, and he's saying that somebody made this happen and they covered it up by saying that he drowned in this pool. Right. Um. And then he tells her that he loves her. Yep. And she tells him that he does that she does not love him. He no, she so, said he doesn't. He does not. He does not. Love he doesn't her. know what he does yeah. not love her. He she, she's trying. She she's trying to downplay him. this entire situation. And his response to all this is, is to start, I don't <laughs> is to no. His response to all this is to start quoting every little thing she does is magic by the police. <laughs> I, he's like, I resolved to call you up a thousand times a day. And ask you to like, marry me. Wait, I'm like, in some old-fashioned way. Well, first, before he does that, he Everything goes, Everything you do is magic. You. Before he does that, though, he goes, I love you. And she goes, you don't love me. And he goes, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then, he, and then he, she's like, those are song lyrics. Those are lyrics to a song, Jerry. And he's like, yeah, I know. I know. And then she basically tells him that she... You know, he doesn't feel that way. She doesn't feel that way by him. And he just takes off. Yeah. Hops on the subway. Full embarrassed. Um, fully embarrassed. Yeah. He just jumps onto a train and, and leaves. Great. And it's it's hilarious. Um, I'll be honest. At this point in time in the movie when I was trying to take notes, I'm like, there's got to be like a five, ten minute scene where there's just straight action that we can just skip over. No. No. Like, no. 
everything. You have to pay attention to everything. It's a very detail-oriented movie. <laughs> to, uh, to to make this movie, to write this script, has to take like an enormous amount of thought process to even figure this out. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. <clears throat> I would agree with that. Well, Brian Helgeland. Yes. Yep, he's the writer. Good for him. Good for him. So I will say he did, he did a, he did a good job. If if the if the point of this movie is to keep the audience confused and in the same mindset as Mel Gibson through this film, he does a good job. He does a good job. I just I still think that a lot of the writing is very clunky. I think this movie would have benefited from somebody in the know. Like some main, main character who's in the know that's just there to give you all of the exposition dump that you need to give you the ins and outs of everything that's going on. That way you're not relying on somebody who's having a full-on psychological break or, you know, Patrick Stewart in this movie who's, you know, full-on bad guy and you can't really rely on anything that he says because he lies a couple of times in this film. So it's, Mm. yeah, but whatever. (sighs) I think that's the point, though, is they're trying to make it yeah. from his perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, she she's in her office and she gets a call. Um, Mr. Finch's mail has been routed to the criminal courts building, so she goes to see him. Mr. Finch, a.k.a. Dr. Jonas. And the part I don't get is this is the first and one and only time that the name Finch is brought up. So no, but you're you're missing a, a valid point here. So the whole point was that they had his contact list. They the, his contact list, all the people that he send out his sends out his um newsletter, his conspiracy theory. Um, she reached out to all of those um people that were on the list, and they were all dead. Yeah. And the one person that they didn't hear back. From, this is a huge point. The one person they didn't hear back from was this Mr. Finch. I didn't ha- catch ha- that. Harry Finch. Yo, no, that was the whole point. Was, was they were, the- they were going down this list. And then they and they said, "Oh, here's one place we can find him." And they found out that he worked at at this you know bank or whatever that happened to be in in the criminal justice court. It's like, oh, okay, interesting. She goes in there. Who is he? And out comes Doctor Jonas. Right. And I'm like, what is going on? So he's again one of Jerry's subscribers. Yeah. yeah, that's why he knows all this stuff that's going on. It's like, well, there we go. That explains right. that. So she. Right, so she goes into his office, they're talking, and he tells her just enough to make it sound like he's the good guy, like he's doing this for the right reason, um, talks about... I mean, he apologized for what he did. He's like, basically, this is my penance, blah, 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 this and that. Right. Like, he's trying to fix the his mistakes for doing all the whole MK Ultra stuff. It's like, yeah, I but, do all these things, but... But come to find out, Jerry knows a lot more than he's letting on to. Exactly. Um... And Jonas is trying to catch him so that way he doesn't give out all his because he is shady. Um, yeah, very. So he, he talks. So he gives enough information that, like I said, to, to make it sound like he's in the right. Uh, he t- so he tells her about MK Ultra, talks about how it was all about, all about mind control, <laughs> turning taking an ordinary man and turning him into an assassin. It was terminated in 1973. Okay, so so I have to, I have to stop you because I have a really big problem with this explanation behind MK Ultra because it's 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 not entirely accurate. He's painting the picture that MK Ultra was used as an experiment to train assassins, and that was it. That is not what the experiment was first intended intended for. So back in the 1950s, I believe back in like the mid 1950s, 
the U.S. government was really suspicious of some some Russian experiments that were going on with a lot of LSD and a lot of different type of psychedelics that they were using on POWs from the Korean War. And they were trying to combat this by doing exactly the same thing, only to reverse the effect. And then it somehow got twisted into creating like sleeper cell agents and everything else like that. And it was disbanded in the 70s. But initially, it was not used to create super soldiers or create just brainwashed mind control soldiers it was actually originally intended for a to combat what the russians were already doing and b just to experiment with lsd that's 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 the whole reason why this whole thing existed in the first place so his explanation here is wrong and i have a problem with that because anybody who's putting this much attention into a movie like this should know that they shouldn't just automatically say oh well it was to create brainwashed soldiers like no that is that is 100 percent inaccurate and i hate when things like that happen like which i think i think not to interrupt you but to interrupt you i think that you know i think that jonas does know that but he's giving her information he's he he's burying lies within some truth to make it sound like this is what's actually going on. I would agree with you. I would agree with you if she hadn't already spoke up and said brainwashing. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm aware of it. And he continues on on his little rabbit hole here. If right, she he's didn't, using, he's using her her limited understanding because the, the 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 regular layperson at that time might think that oh that's what's going on, versus there was more to it. They don't have enough information, and now he's using what she knows to his advantage to make it sound like. He's the good guy. Um, all the while, he definitely knows way more than of course he's letting he does. on to. Of course he does. And not telling her at all. I'm only bringing it up because when you have writers who want to write about certain subjects without giving an accurate background about said subject, it always bothers me. I'm going to forgive it because it's 1997. I'm just I'm just putting it out there like that. That always it irks me anytime I see something like that happen in a movie. If you're going mm. to write about a subject, if you're going to create a movie about anything, do enough research so that you know what you're talking about. You're not just having a character make things up for the sake of making things up to fit a narrative. I hate that. Mm. I've always hated that. It, it it bothers me. It will always bother me. I know I'm being illogical right now because it's only a movie. I don't care. <laughs> it, it just it bugs me. So and I'm and I'm and I'm done. I'm I'm done. Okay. I'll move on. Well he he quote unquote tells her everything, shock treatment, uh, you know, the drugging of the people, um, how Jerry was a candidate of the program, um how Reagan was shot, but it wasn't them. Um and he's trying to find all this technology that he has, someone stole it, and Jerry knows who took it. Um and he tells her that Jerry has killed before and that Jonas, he's asking her for help now. Um, He pulls out a picture of her and her father. Um, It belonged to her father, and he found it in the safe deposit box of Jerry's safe. He got it in Jerry's safe deposit box. Um, He asks her what he knows, what she knows about her father's death, her father's death, sorry, um, and tells her that Jerry killed him. Now, this brings us back to the original conversation that happened in the beginning between her and her boss. Because she's investigating her father's death, death, ugh, and he's telling her it's a closed case and to let it go. And she's like, well, no, I don't know everything, so I'm going to continue searching it on my own. Kind of makes her boss look a little bit suspect, doesn't it? Suspect mm-hmm. and, like, 
insensitive. That too. Yeah. That too. I'm like if like if you're if you want if you I'm not if gonna you go- on your own dime want to go and on your own time want to research your father your father's death, whatever. I would. I'm not going to go down the whole insensitive road because at the end of the day, they're working for the Department of Justice. And if you're the person in charge, you kind of have to have an iron fist with a lot of your employees. Like, this case is closed. You need to drop it. I accept that from 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 any anybody who's who has any kind of legal authority over over subordinates. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. If you want to look at it as insensitive, I'm, I'm not going to argue that. But it does. Make I only look- say that because it's her father. If she was doing that over another case that didn't have anything to do with her, I, w- I would I would a hundred percent be on board with you. But because it's her father and she's doing it on her own time, that's why I say she he's being insensitive about it. And 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 that's 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 perfectly fine. I still I I still kind of stand by what I said. The reason why I think it's really suspect is because of how quickly he wants the the matter dropped. That's my whole thing. Like I could care less about how insensitive he's being in this moment. You're you're a boss. You're working for the government. You're a you're a, a badged authority. Yes, you at certain times in your career you have to be insensitive. I respect that out of this writing, but the the way that he very quickly wants this matter dropped and put to bed, and how he's very adamant about how hey the case is closed, you need to move on. Is is I don't know. Right. And there's other things that he does later on. Um, in this movie, like when she agrees to, you know, help them and she goes off with the, uh, the, the pizza with the, the, the tracking device and the, um, the audio monitoring system in it, he doesn't want her to be doing this at all. It, it kind of oh. makes him looks like he doesn't want some information out there. And I'm surprised that this movie didn't go down that road because it clearly is kind of setting it up. Like, like her boss well, is one of the baddies and he's in, in, in the pocket of Jonas over here. Like, yeah, that could have well, been. Well, they, they. They 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 cut that off. Yeah, and they kill that part pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we as you just said, they, she receives a box of pizza delivery. <laughs> Jonas gets it, um, and then it says, "Go to the corner of Greenwich and Battery Place. Bring the pizza with you. I have something important to tell you." That's the note that she finds inside, the, or that he finds. Jonas encourages her to go, promising she will be safe. Um. Her boss, like you just said, Will, doesn't want her to go, but she, of course, goes and does it anyways. They place a bug inside the box underneath the pizza, um, and she goes, and she gets picked up by Jerry, um, who, who, at this point, you think that he doesn't realize that they're being followed. Oh, who um, knows? <laughs> they give you the impression that he doesn't. Um, but he, you know, he, you, you find out that he does know. He knows. Um, he knows. He, he grabs a piece of pizza, and this pizza is huge like that <laughs> slice of pizza is massive have you ever had new, have you ever had new york pizza oh yeah not from new york that's no. about right is it that's about right Jeez. they are huge where have you had new york pizza from chuck i, ha- I haven't oh okay. new york. i haven't been to new york um <laughs> i mean around here you probably you could say that it's new york pizza but it really is it's not uh, it's so- nothing like new york pizza Getting so getting a getting a New York getting a New York pizza getting a slice of pizza in the Bronx is like getting a whole pizza here. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They're massive. And it's it's, yeah, like, it's like it's like sales. saying, can you get a Philly cheese like a you know uh, uh, steak and cheese? No, you can't get a real one unless you go to Philly. Exactly. So so this- so funny thing about that story. I was, that's actually touched upon both parts of it. Uh, years ago, a buddy of mine, we, we we did these trips, a couple of them. The first one we did was we went to Philadelphia because he just, he had a hankering for a cheesesteak. Yes. So we drove to Philly 
to get cheesesteaks. Now, the funny thing is, if you go to Geno's or Pat's, what they do over there is not what people in Philadelphia actually do that's authentic, which is like, here's some steak, here's some onions, throw some American cheese on that, and we're good to go. That's an actual, like, Philly cheesesteak. But the way they do it in the commercial stuff, they use Cheese Whiz. So Pat's and Geno's, the two big ones everybody talks about, because, oh, check this out. Rocky went to this one. This is where he stood when he when he ordered a steak and cheese in the movie. It's like, yeah, great, but this is not really authentic. Anyway, we, on the way down there, we wanted pizza. We were going through New York to go find a pizza place, and we didn't find the right place we were looking for, but we found Rocky's Pizza, which was perfect. It had some, you know, these golden gloves hanging from it, and I had the best, like, it was like a deep dish, like, square pizza Covered in mac and cheese. And this is before like places really had old. And it it oh, wasn't. Oh, I know exactly. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck doesn't eat cheese. I'll eat so, pizza. So I'll that's eat. just mac and cheese on not, pizza. Um, I have a video of you or a picture of you eating mac and cheese on pizza. The last time you and I went for a trip, when we took a trip down to Red Bank to go to um, <laughs> you remember? We I went don't. Down, we went down to Jane's. Yeah, Bob's I remember. Secret I remember the trip that we made to Cece's. I don't remember eating mac and yeah. cheese pizza. I have a picture of it. Did I have like one bite? I, I probably, probably took like the, one the, bite. The, the and thing said, this was is disgusting. And we went all the way down there just to try CC's pizza, and we said, "Why don't we go check out Red Bank while we're here?" And then, and then we didn't we actually stop at um, Dave and Buster's because yes. they, they didn't have one around us yet. We it was at Dave the, and Buster's. Providence was the only one that had so, one nearby. So funny, st- yeah. funny story about that. <laughs> while we're down there, they were filming for Jay and Silent Well, they were filming for the, for the stash. No, no f- first of all, you kept saying, there's no way that we're going to see any of those people if we go down there. I'm just like, oh, no, I didn't know. think so. I, did, I didn't think that we no, were. No, you, I'm just like, you never know. Maybe we'll see those guys. Like, we no, were. they wouldn't be working there that day. I'm like, maybe they're shooting the show. Yeah. We'll be on it. He goes, no, they won't. Well, I did not think we that at get all. In- we couldn't get into the store because they were busy filming yeah, at that moment. You're right. I'm so we had to wait. We had to wait 20 minutes, and then we finally got to go in there. And we met most of the guys on, on the show during this 20 minutes. Lee was very <laughs> adamant about trying to make B-roll, so he kept walking along the street where they were filming. Like people, you know how you know how in reality shows it films you like people walking down the street. Lee went up and down the street like four or five times, just like I am making B-roll. I don't think you ever did though. I can see. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I kept. Checking. It was no, but we 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 got to meet um we got to meet Mike and Brian. Yeah, we met everybody. Ming Ming was there. Um, no, we didn't meet Walt. He was off doing something. No, he was there. He was there, but we didn't meet. No, he was there. He just he was he looked done with everything and just like went off into the he like stormed off into the back. He was not happy. Well, which was great. I ended up buying a a copy of um the Clerks animated series signed by uh by Kevin Smith because somebody. Uh, who doesn't listen to our podcast, so we wouldn't know. Um, he decided to borrow it from me and just never give it back. And I'm like, dude, I just bought this. Like, I had it. So I do have a new copy that's signed by Kevin Smith. Anyways. So, so we're not here to talk about Kevin it. Smith. We're here to talk about conspiracy theory. Let's move on. <laughs> I, I just I just looked at the notes. I'm like, we are so close to the end. Yeah. A lot of notes still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he wants. She asks him where he, where she's taking him again. Why she got into the car with him? I I I don't know. No, no. Bigger um, bigger question comes up. Bigger question comes up because they're driving down the highway under a bridge. And she, well, he she asks him first. Where is she? Where are they going? He goes. I want to go to where the music is playing. Right. And then they drive under a bridge, and they the people that were Jonas and his team they lost visuals on him. Um. So she says something. And all of a sudden, you see him like. 
frantically stop the car in the middle of traffic. Dead stop. Uh, oh, yeah. Dead stop. Gets out of the car, crosses, like, four lanes of traffic to go on the other side, and there the is bridge. conveniently this, quote-unquote, broken-down car that is sitting there, and he gets into it. It's jacked up and then drives off with her in the car. Which leads um, me to believe. Liter- literally jacked up with a car jack. Yeah, which leads me to <laughs> not, believe not, that not jacked he up. knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that he oh, was absolutely. going to be followed. Oh, 100%. He knew 100% absolutely. that he was going to be followed. And he had this planned right. up from the get-go. Now, right. you say why she got into the car in the first place is, is, is beyond you. I don't understand her reasoning at all. Why she got into the other car is the bigger question to me, sir. That's the bigger question. Because but the funny, there's the zero sense part is as she, There's zero. The funniest part is she kept saying, but we need to get the pizzas. I don't, never mind about the, never pizza. Mind she about goes, the pizza. But the pizza. <laughs> so she does the next best thing and she basically uses her cell phone as a tracking device. Um, kind of smart. Right. Which, yep. yep. Um, he's taking her to where her dad basically used to live and was killed. Yep. Um, and he's, he, they're going to, she asks again, he goes, I'm going to Connecticut. Um, he keeps saying he can almost hear the music. Um, and this is where she actually calls Jonas with her phone. Um, she gets hung up the first time, tries it again. Jonas picks up on it and says, it's her. Keep the line open. They're now tracking her. They go to her father's place. Um, and this is where the music is playing. She asks Jerry, if he killed her father, he says, maybe he doesn't really know. <laughs> he doesn't really know. He tells her what happened from his perspective. It's, this is the best line of the whole movie. It's on the tip of my brain. Yep. Not the tip of my tongue. No, no. The tip of my brain. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Just the tip. Then he begins to remember and she is now frantically beating on him. Um, yeah. So there's something he interesting that happens before all of this that I, I, I do want to touch on because I, I, I don't know why it was in the movie. I really don't know what it means. While they're driving down to her father's place, he starts naming off names. David Berkowitz, he, Ted Bundy, and Richard Speck. Serial yep. killers only have two names, but lone gunman assassins have three. John right. Wilkes <gasps> Lee Harvey Oswald, and Mark David Chapman. John yep. Hinckley shot Reagan, but Reagan wasn't dead. But if Reagan was dead, he's pretty sure that everybody would have known his middle name. It was Warnock, by the way. But really weird that this part is just randomly inserted. <laughs> it just starts rattling it, well, off not, names. It's not random. It's just part of his personality. He's a conspiracy theorist. But then he brings up Ezekiel Carl Walters as well, too. <laughs> yes. A, a, a fictional character to throw in with these real-life figures. <laughs> sure. Um, so he tells her that he was sent to kill him, yep, to kill her father by Jonas, yep. Um, and he could not do it because he saw her, so because he saw her, he couldn't kill her father. I couldn't kill um, because him he, because I loved you, right? Someone else killed him instead. Um, he actually Wait. becomes friends with her father <laughs> and he makes really good coffee, yep. Um, that's the line that yeah. is the line that that breaks Julia Roberts in this movie. He made he really makes good coffee. really good coffee. Yep. He did make good coffee. <laughs> Come on, really? Uh, what Come do you on. want? What are you? It's Julia Roberts. <laughs> what do you? What more do you want, man? Like <laughs> uh, nothing. I don't know. Nothing. I don't know. Um, she tell. He tells her that 
you know, the, her father was going to reopen this case that they were working on about everything that was going on with him. Um, and his father was going to like blow everything wide open. And then Jonas sent some guys, um, including him. And he goes back and forth. Her father gave him the photo that he kept in a safe place. And, she, and he was told by him to protect her. Um, she then hugs him and <laughs> believes him. Yep, and then says, Jonas comes. I believe you. She right. flip flops quite a bit in this movie. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, which I mean, I can understand it to a degree. She's like everything he is saying up until this point keeps happening. True. Yep. So why would I not believe him? Everything that Jonas is saying is still kind of iffy. This guy is crazy, but again, everything he says keeps coming to keeps keeps happening. So yep. it happens. Um, Jerry then again asks her if she switches the charts, if she switched the charts and she finally admits and says, yes. Um, Jonas and his men go after Jerry and Alice and take Jerry away. And the part to your, to your part, Will, about her boss, um, they could have gone somewhere, but their easy escape was shoot him, kill him. He's dead. Yep. Now he's so the easy so way. Even if, he was, kill him. If, yep. even if he was suspect now, he's not. Nope. Um, no, not at all. He's dead. Good job, movie. <laughs> right. So now Alice is on the run. Uh, some of the henchmen are chasing him, chasing her. The first, she jumps, and there's this, like, hidden well. He jumps over it and falls that, into the well. That was hilarious. The, the, kind the, of The fact, I, I laughed so hard because I'm just like, <laughs> was that a well? Like, what really was it? Because the fact that he jumped over and then just disappeared, like, completely. Like, you never heard anything. He just, boop gone you're like wait what and then this next guy like home alone as as they're watching her run from the helicopter this next guy has her his sights from his gun on the back of her head i love this i love this this rando this total rando flies out of nowhere out of like behind a tree or something like that how you doing and the guy with the scope and the red dot on the back of julia roberts head Rando comes out of nowhere, and just as the shot is fired, Rando takes the bullet instead of Julia Roberts. It was fantastic. I didn't. What? Wow. It was. It was very. It was very. This was the part that made me go. I don't understand why this even happened. Who was that guy? Why was he there? Why did he suddenly he jump behind just, it when clearly just, there were guns on a, him? He was a random henchman that was trying to help and was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and took a bullet because. It's Julia Roberts and she cannot die in this movie. It was just, it was shot, it was shot so weird that it didn't make any sense. If it was shot differently, maybe that would have made sense. Like, here he comes, he gets in the wrong place at the wrong time. The guy's like, I shot Murphy, you know, whatever. And the weird thing is, like, after the shot happens and this rando is now dead, the, the gunman just puts the gun down and just lets Julia Roberts run off. Yeah. She's right there. like, yeah, just, well, hey, just, hey, just shoot well, so, again. Was, so was Sean Archer. When Castor Troy shot his son, he just went, oh, and didn't shoot Sean at that point. He just says, well, his son's dead, so I guess my job is done for now. That is because actually, because hang of, on, that is actually understandable because John Travolta actually took a bullet. Like, the, the, the bullet did hit him, and it was yeah, like, but he, okay, he's, he's bleeding out. I, I think I hit him, right? He's probably gonna die. Like I can understand. Second shot. No, I, sure, I think fine. he's gonna die. Well, Caster Troy would have would have finished the job. Caster Troy would have finished the job. You're right. However, I'm just saying. But if but if but if he did finish the job, 
then nobody would be taking their faces off. I'm so, sorry. I, I I think this movie is better than Face Off. <laughs> um, face Off has its ridiculous moments. Face Off say. has its ridiculous moments, but... I mean, this you can change their faces, but their bodies never. Their bodies also change in that movie. Like, well, yeah, it was John a Travolta is. We saw John that. Travolta is clearly heavier set than Nicholas Cage yeah, in this movie. There was, but like, when they there was changed, liposuction. Well, they yeah, they, 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 they showed they, it. They did the whole. They, they did the whole the, montage yeah. surgery thing where they changed and transformed bodies and the whole nine, dude. Here's no, the thing: just face. You want to say that face. if you want to say that this movie is better than Face Off, I'm gonna no, absolutely no, not. No, the funny, face the funniest off, thing. Hang about on, this. let me finish. Face <laughs> Off was consistent from beginning to end. As ridiculous as it was, Face Off was at least consistent. This movie, because of how. Stunted, stunted. <laughs> Mel Gibson is is not. There's a lot that's left on the table in this film, so I I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't say that this is better than Face Off. I can't do that. It's better than Broken I, Arrow. I'll, I'll I'll say that this movie is much better than Broken Arrow. <laughs> so I, I just have to say the weirdest thing about this is so at the end of Face Off, um, he gets his body back, right? His face and his body back, minus the scar, right? He doesn't, get, he doesn't the need the scar all the time. He's like, he also he didn't need the the thirty or forty pounds, but they put that back <laughs> in him. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you just went through a surgery like that, like, hey, you know what? Hey, while I'm here, might as well just not throw yeah, that really. fat while back I'm into here, my body. Might as well, no. You know. <laughs> I like being That's thin. what's unrealistic about that movie. Is like, I don't care if you're a heavy set dude. You just take that and be like, thanks I don't, for the liposuction. Yeah, I don't need the fat back. You can, you right. can keep it. Well, Go make soap. <laughs> his name is Robert Paulson. Oh. Robert Paulson is his name. Do we, do we need his to do name is another Paulson. moment of silence? Oh, Robert geez. Paulson. His name is, his is name. Robert Paulson. Guys, think about this. The past three movies we've done, somebody died. Like... Like another celebrity died. The last two was uh, was Bob Saget, Betty White, now Meatloaf. Yeah, what? I forgot Whatever. about Meatloaf. Yeah. What do you mean? What you didn't hear about that he died last week? I did not hear about that. No. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Uh huh. Yep. 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 Anyway. Uh, crazy. 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 Well, and now we I see would Jerry. Do anything for love. <laughs> but I won't do that. But I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're now back in the same psych ward that we were in um when Jerry was given gravy in the beginning. Of course we um, are. and we see him bound <laughs> and laying on the floor face down. Um Jonas injects him with some more drugs or gravy. Um, in the back of his head. Yep, tells him that Alice is dead and Jerry's like, You can't hurt me anymore. Yep. Um And then we flip over and you see Alice bringing Agent Lowry to this office building, um, which has got to be the office that that Finch uh, was in, quote unquote. Finch was in, yes. um, <laughs> and it's and they're like it's completely empty. Completely Last night empty. there were desks here, that and what happens? Cool. She then takes the butt of her gun and knocks him <laughs> in the back of the neck, and it takes the first time. Um, yeah. But but he does like come to pretty quickly, and he and he basically says something along the lines like. 
oh, I got to stop letting people do that or something like something ridiculous. I think like, the point here <laughs> is the movie is telling us in no uncertain terms that Julia Roberts is stronger than Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before either that, that happens. Are you the before, this guy before, just has had way too many concussions and he's just more susceptible at this point? Right. Well, before that <laughs> happens, she tells Larry that she's going after to go find Jerry and Larry offers her his number again. Uh-huh. He he's trying to date her, obviously. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> Alice goes to Jerry's apartment, sees the picture, um, and then sees the picture of the smokestacks because she keeps seeing these things. She sees it on the bridge when she's off, and they, they, all they do is allude to it through just looking at it. It's it's all visual. Um, it's all visual. Yeah, it's all and, visual. And every time I see it, all I think of is pigs, three different ones. <laughs> What? When you see smokestacks like that? All, I, I mean, no, I of course. Of. I'm, I mean, nobody can see me right now, but I'm throwing my hands up in the air. Of course. <laughs> of course, the first thing that I think when I see smokestacks is animals. Of course. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Pink Floyd album, yeah, Chuck. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, so she goes, I'm going to go there. So like, she puts two and two together real quick. Um, so she goes there and come to find out in front of these smokestacks, it's not the smokestacks, it's the psych ward. And the reason why it's the psych ward is because from this room that he is in, all he can see are these smokestacks. Um, mm-hmm. When she gets there, she goes inside and she sees these sacks of whatever, and they're folded in a way where it says Geronimo. Yep. It must have been sta- It must have been stuck there, and no one moved them for a long time. Right. For them to still say Geronimo and her to put that together that it's Geronimo. Yep, there it is. See, I was going to get mine. <laughs> I was going to go get mine, but then I wouldn't be able to hear it. But that's yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. She's now going anyway. through this psych ward, and this is where you she, she goes by a, uh, a room, and... <clears throat> They're talk the the news is talking about earthquakes and how the president escaped because if he didn't he would be dead because of this earthquake. My God, my <laughs> God! <laughs> talking about talk about laying it on thick. Hey, <laughs> she meets this orderly or this janitor in the room in the hallway, um, and she <laughs> bribes him with a hundred dollars to give him information to let her look around. No, first uh, of all, the way that it was done, I thought was hilarious. He basically he asks he asks her for some type of credentials for who she is, and she she's like, "Here's my credentials," and then hands him a hundred dollar bill. Yep. So it's a new one, the one with the Rosie O'Donnell Ben Franklin with the with yep. the magnetic strip, and it attracts people. And she hands it to him, and he's just like, "Um, this isn't from the Justice Department. <laughs> this is from the Treasury Department." <laughs> 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 well, as she does, as she's doing this, she hears Jerry's voice through a vent. Why nobody else can hear him is beyond me. But she how hears she him. knew how she knew it was his voice in a mental institution—that's beyond me. No, no, it, it's explained because he's singing. You're just too good to be true. Yep. <sighs> it sounded like he was moaning at first. He's and that just was too good to be true. He's singing that song true. and she's able to put it to, Listen, if she can put smokestacks together, she can put you're just too good to be true together. Well, okay. she is a lawyer. Oh, yes. Yes. Kill the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lawyer. Kill the pirate. I'm not a pirate. I'm a lawyer. Which Kill I can't wait to, I can't I cannot wait to do that movie. Um <laughs> 
she asks where he is, he says he can see the smokestacks. So she asks this janitor orderly guy, tells her that you can see the smokestacks from this north building, which has been closed off for two years now. Um, go figure, because it's, it's abandoned. Um, the crazy thing is, is nobody knows what's going. This whole psych ward is being used, this hospital, but no one knows what's going on behind the scenes. The next room over, mm. you see Jerry now on his back, kicking the pipes to where this vent is, and it breaks the pipes, um, and he's flooding this room to give away his location. Yep, some guy catches him. Um, and the guy comes in and all of a sudden this guy gets knocked out on the wheel of this giant pipe because she comes in, grabs <laughs> the back of his head and bashes it against this pipe. So that guy is knocked out. That guy is not yes. just knocked out. That guy is dead. <laughs> no, he's not dead. <laughs> she you, then unties I'm, I'm, I'm him I'm sure him. I am positive that if you bashed somebody's head into a pipe that hard, you're not just knocking him out. There's, you're done. The his yeah. face, and it was his face. It was his face. Yeah. Like his face <laughs> no was way, knocked. Uh, there's no like, way he's yeah. coming back from this. Um. So then the so then the you see the cops coming, and then he looks at her and says, "Kiss me, just <laughs> once for luck. Just kiss me." Um. Jonas comes in. And so do the cops. No, she gives this... him. She gives him a kiss. She gives him the most innocent Not, peck. She... she gives him the most oh, innocent yeah. peck. Quick one. Peck. Yeah. And then they're about to go in for a they're real kiss. They're about to go in for the real thing. And then Jonas comes in and breaks this oh, up. Oh boy. Yep. Yeah. And then so do the cops. It ruins a big the shootout. Happy oh my god. Yep. <laughs> Jonas now admits to killing her father. Jerry and Jonas now get into a fight. Jerry knocks Jonas into the same water that he was dr- trying to be drowned in from earlier. Mm-hmm. And yep. he's holding him down with a mop. It's mop. Brilliant. <laughs> he pulls the mop out and then just starts like going at him. And, and I'm laughing. I'm just like a mop, like like a spaghetti mop. Really? I love his line. So, but it worked. I love I love Patrick Stewart's line before he gets thrown into this water when he's talking yeah. to Julia Roberts. He looks dead at her and with only a a a look and a smile that that Patrick Stewart can pull off. I always seem to come between you and the men in your life. It's 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 tailor made Mm. for him and his mannerisms. The way that he pulled it off was actually it's it's his best line in the movie. It's it's the that's the reason why I'm talking about it. (laughs) And that's how you find out that he actually killed his father, right? Um, Right, or her father. Yeah. Um, Jonas now grabs a gun out of his, you know, the one of the ankle guns, shoots Jerry a few times. Yep, Mm. and then Alice shoots Jonas. Over and many over times. And over about six <laughs> she times. Empties, like, she bunch. empties the clip. <laughs> a bunch. Shoots Jerry him and very dead. <laughs> yep. And, and, and now Jerry. Yep. And now Jerry is in the arms of Alice, who in then the now she's. Alice. <laughs> she goes. She tells him that she loves him. Aww. He is rushed to the hospital. He is flown away. He is air vacked out. And then it flicks to another scene, and she's visiting Jerry's grave. It was very obvious that he was like, alive. I mean, it was very obvious he was alive because we didn't see him actually. We die. didn't see him. Of course, we Hang saw, on. We, it's we saw him we didn't pulled see away. Him actually, die. And if you pay attention to where he got shot, it was actually in the shoulder. I don't think it was, I've, I it don't was think pretty, I've ever seen was, a movie where somebody got shot in a shoulder and that was the cause of death. <laughs> it well, he was, got shot. It he was, got shot. Twice. He got shot twice, but it was 
in the shoulder. It was low. It was pretty low near the it shoulder. Was nowhere the second near, one was lower. It was nowhere near the his second heart. one was lower. It was nowhere but, near I mean, his this heart. guy this guy's been I, I don't know, this guy's been drugged up. <laughs> so. Drugged up, shot twice, in the chest one way or another. It's close to his shoulder, but right. I mean the point is he survived and we knew that. We knew he right. was gonna well, she's, she's now yeah. missing him. And I love it. I love it. I have to do this. I have to do this. So she's visiting his grave and she leaves a butt. We skipped over the button. The button is important right now. So before in the movie where she's first visiting his apartment, he hands her his union button from a taxi driver and says, the way that you drive, you belong in the union. And at the end of the scene, you'd be great. You'd be great. And at the end of the scene, she leaves the button on his grave. And then with tears in her eyes, I cannot make this up, says, I miss your face. That is exactly what she said. I miss I remember, your face. And I asked my wife, I'm like, did she just say I miss your face? She's like, yes, yes, she did. Well, because she misses his face so much, she goes back to the barn where she had her horse the whole time and mm. goes for a ride on the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, she hasn't ridden the horse since her father died. Yeah. So how long has that horse been going? Really? <laughs> well, usually well, okay. this is, yeah, this I, is, I know. Usually, if you're boarding a horse, you're paying for it. Someone else is taking care of it aside from you. Um, right, I know. I think, no, I, I, Lee has actually has a point. I think the point here is horses, from what I understand about horses, they develop a really strong attachment to their owners. Right. I don't know. I'm an animal lover, so I, I catch on to little things like that, but it's, yeah, eh, I'm, I'm done. Mm, yeah. That's it. No. Um, well, sh- she's now <laughs> riding the horse, and... We now see that Jerry is not dead. <gasps> nope. It was fake, and he's still watching her to keep her safe. What a surprise. Yeah, he's, um, he's, in the, he's in the back of a car being driven by Laurie and someone else, yes. right? Right Lowry. next to her, and she doesn't know it. Nope. No. Not at right, all. Right next to her. And, he, and he's over there just smiling. They pull into the lot where she is riding. Like, she's riding along the track, and there's a lot right there, like an entrance, and they pull into it, and he's sitting yeah. there, like, with the window ajar. Watching her. Watching her. From, like, 30 feet away. Yeah. yeah. If she just turned her head slightly to the right, she would be like, oh, my oh gosh, Oh, my God, Jerry. you're alive. Hey. But no, but no. No, no. We realize that Lowry, whose his real name is Hatcher, has been following jonas this whole time to try to figure out to try to capture him mm-hmm. um she then rides off as he's watching her um nothing was what it seemed to be except her that's why I put, those are my notes nothing is what it seems to be except for her she's been the only constant through this whole thing and then she looks down after she stops and she finds the union pin <laughs> buttoned to the saddle of this horse yep and that's she's, enough she smiles that's enough Rides off. Yep. Pan over to the three of these guys in this car. Jerry is given this back this batch of newspapers so that he can now go through and find his conspiracy theories for this this um for for Hatcher now for yeah. Lowry to yeah. then give him more clues and lead him on. And while he's doing this, he starts singing <laughs> the song. I love you, babe. This movie ends. <laughs> With three and the grown three men, of them this movie ends singing with this three song. grown men in an SUV singing "You're Just Too Good to Be True." Yep, it's hilarious. Yeah, take it's my eyes perfect. off. Perfect. It is perfect, and it's yeah. panning and that, away. And that makes you. And that's where it goes. Like, was this a comedy? <laughs> this was a comedy. This was a comedy. <laughs> 
There's no there, there's no arguments. There's no discussion here. This is a full-on comedy. I don't care if what he was going through was real. I don't care about the conspiracies and 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 and, and the question of his sanity. Mel Gibson throughout this entire movie made it a comedy through yep. and through. There's that's it. That is it. Yep. Yeah. My god. So, Roll credits. We are over. It's over. <laughs> it's over. It was a. I. You know what? To me, it was a great movie. It's a good movie. I, I, I'm not gonna. It's, it, a great, it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. It's. I. I just. I don't think this movie knows what it wants to be. I think it wants to. Right. I think it wants to be a conspiracy movie. I think it wants to be serious, but for some reason, Mel Gibson saw things differently and acted however he wanted to and just was opposite of, of the story that this movie was trying to tell. But it fits so it well. It works so well. It works so well. I've never been a big fan of Mel Gibson. I've always thought... Really? I've never been a big fan of Mel Gibson. He's, he's one of my top. Is he really? Well, that, yeah. That, that's cool. I've never, I've never been a big fan of his. I think... <laughs> you're you're not gonna like me. I think those Lethal Weapon movies are beyond overrated. I don't think I'm there not, is. I'm not a huge fan of Lethal Weapon. Okay, that, but that's my that's my see that's the, my the that's Gibson, my thing for what Mel Gibson is. And see, when I, my thing for Mel Gibson is we were soldiers, Patri- uh, the Patriot, um, Braveheart. Those movies put him at a level that a lot of people don't have. Like when he's in Patriot and he's you know, the he he can show emotion better. Back in the and that was the late nineties, early two thousands. Back in the the late eighties, early nineties, when he was doing the Lethal Weapons, and he was doing like Paycheck and stuff like or Payback and stuff like that. Payback, Payback. Um, <laughs> he in his younger days, as he got older and he started doing those big epic films, is when he did is when I started to like him. Um, cool. I think I think Payback was actually written by the same guy who wrote this. That makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What would you do for $50,000? You know? But I mean, overall, my conclusion, I I forgot that even taking notes, like you you can't just sit and say, "Oh, here's 10 minutes of just sheer action just for the fun of it." You have to pay attention to everything cuz if you don't, You'll miss something. In a movie like this, you do. In, in a movie like this, you absolutely do. You have to take copious notes, and you have to go through everything kind of with a fine-tooth comb. And I'm, I'm just going to be repeating myself if I go on about my problems with the story in this movie. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. I've, I feel like I've done that extensively. Um, but no, at the end of the day, I'm glad that I watched it. I always like going into movies blind. I always like when people introduce me to something new that I haven't seen before. This was a treat. Except for Franklin. This was, yeah, that movie was horrible. I don't care. If, if, I missed if, that. What movie was it? Franklin. Franklin. I haven't seen it. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Okay, here, here's, don't here's, need to. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. You know, um, you know the character Warshock from, from Watchmen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's, it's, it's a Warshock it, movie. Without Warshock, it's, it, it's, a, it's a bootleg no, Warshock. It's, it's a Warshock movie, but it's a bootleg what's Warshock. actually happening is the guy is, is actually insane, yeah. well, war- and he's thinking that what's happening is really <laughs> happening. And then there's also, like, four other stories happening in the background that are, like, mildly interesting, but no, they're not. you don't even understand why. <laughs> no, they're not. There was nothing, <laughs> there was nothing interesting about that movie at all. Listen, if you want—here oh, here it is. 
if you're tired and you just can't sleep, throw it on. You'll be out in 10 minutes. And you want to have weird nightmares? Yeah. <laughs> so movies, movies where what you think is going on is not what's going on or whatever. That's a lot like um, Shutter Island. Yeah. Yeah. No, Shutter that Island was, a, was good. Fantastic mm-hmm. movie. Phenomenal I am not movie. a DiCaprio fan, but I, I thought he did phenomenal in that film. Still don't understand how you're not a DiCaprio fan. I how? Because ah. I lost all interest when he did Titanic. That was the did, first. That would, I mean, come beside, on, man. He didn't start doing his really good movies until way after Titanic. Like way his after career really got later. going with Catch Me If You Can. You watch anything Which, after oh, that point. Yeah. You watch anything so after good. Catch Me If You Can. Every single movie that he's in is gold. I will I will mm. die on that hill. He is a phenomenal actor. It's, it actually is pretty amazing. I did not want to see it because of Titanic, but then after after yeah. Titanic, his career skyrockets to he's he's on a whole nother level. When it comes, listen, yeah. if you're just I will say Wolf of Wall Street was was he did phenomenal. It's amazing. Wolf of Wall. It's an amazing okay, movie. Then. Listen, if you're if you're just looking at things like Titanic and what's eating Gilbert Grape as you're like <laughs> that's Leonardo DiCaprio, I don't blame you for not liking him. I at didn't all. like it. I, okay, you're gonna you're you're probably going to not like this, but he actually ruins Blood Diamond for me. I didn't like that movie. Mm. I did not like that movie. I was not a fan of that. I didn't like that movie. I didn't so much like, better. I didn't, I didn't like there, that. Now, here's the thing. There are movies that he is in where I like him in it. Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, he did fantastic in have that. Have you seen The Revenant? Uh, I have not seen that yet. Okay. No. Try. Yeah. The no. Revenant? The Revenant. Revenant. The Revenant. Try. Just Try. And that movie was shot with all natural lighting, all right? Wasn't natural that whole, yeah. lighting. That the one movie, where he's out in yeah. the, the one yes. where he's out in the wild, yes. right? Yeah. That yes. movie was shot with all natural lighting. The movie is mostly his mannerisms and his acting skills. Very little mm. dialogue. It's basically man against nature. Yeah. Try and watch that. If you still walk away not liking Leonardo DiCaprio, fine. I'll I'll accept it. But just just try because it's yeah i haven't seen it, it challenge is, accepted it is it is i dare anybody I, to I, watch I'm, that I'm movie op- and not and not here's like the thing it. i'm not closed off to, i'm not closed off to if an actor proves himself to me that i'm gonna start liking them i'm for, fine with that just forget about titanic forget about <sighs> titanic forget about Titanic. Yeah, it's the same did thing I tell, okay did hang I, on it's the same thing did, that, on, what, it's the same thing that lee and you had um a few weeks ago when we were talking about punisher and how you just couldn't see past shane you have to yep. see Pat Shane in order to enjoy Punisher. And once you do, he becomes phenomenal. It's the same thing yeah. here. You have to get past Titanic. You have to get past mm-hmm. basketball so, and, and what's eating Gilbert Grape. Like that, that, that era of his acting career is, is not, is, not isn't it, remotely isn't close it, to what Leonardo DiCaprio was capable of. Did you say of. basketball? Yeah. Yeah, what's basketball? Isn't it basketball? No, no, he said basketball. No, it's, it's spelt B A S E. Is what, it DiCaprio? DiCaprio is not in basketball. No, no, he did. It's like a documentary style basketball where he plays like an ex junkie yeah. or, or or whatever, and <laughs> yeah. it's a horrible movie. Oh, I thought you were talking, talking about, about basketball. basketball. No. I was like, what are you? Like, no, it's horrible. He's not in that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm talking about something completely different. No, so and it's it's a, it's a bad movie. I would say Steve I would say pay Perry. attention to Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> after the year 2000, and yeah. you're not. See, you're, even even in Inception, I wasn't a fan of him. Hmm. I liked everybody else. Yeah, I can see the faces. <laughs> All right. 
I'll have to watch it again. Okay. Because yeah. I'll 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 take it on the, I'll take it on that challenge. But did I tell you when I when Titanic first came out? Um, <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. I went and um, my mom is a huge fan of that story, so we went together thinking it was gonna be a great movie. And we're in line, and this is back in what ninety eight, ninety nine. Oh, this one again? Yeah. And uh-huh. we're 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 in line. I'm trying to we're to buy tickets, and it's a sold out theater. <laughs> so we're in line. And I'm talking to my mom about, you know, at this point in time. That the Wait, wasn't day- this the same year? 97. Yeah, same year. It's Titanic. Yeah, but it, yeah. No, Titanic, I think Titanic was 98. Are you sure? Um, oh. So I, I'm, in, I'm in line with my mom going, okay, I'm so, you know, with today's technology, how are they going to portray the sinking of the ship? Because <laughs> it's such a huge. I'm not thinking that this, that's going to be this giant love story. I'm thinking it's going to be based around Titanic. Yeah. In this, 1997. How they're going to portray the sinking of the ship. Well, unbeknownst to me, there's this couple, three people behind me, four people behind me, and the guy gets out of line, starts swearing at me and yelling at me for ruining the end of the movie. He didn't know that the ship sank? Uh, apparently <laughs> no. not. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I got yelled at in the middle of this theater for ruining the end of Titanic. Who, right. <laughs> Who alive doesn't know that the Titanic sank? <laughs> this guy. Wow. <laughs> This guy, <laughs> you ruined the movie. Maybe, maybe he thought it was like you know, Inglorious Bastards, where it's like, oh, <laughs> Hitler died in a movie theater. I didn't know that. <laughs> where they just like took something from history and totally changed it. Oh man! Uh, but with that being said, yeah, we're done I, with this one. I think we're done with this movie. I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed this conversation. I think the last few movies we've done, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I like, like you said, I like that we're kind of steering away a little bit. We're still going to do them, but steering we need to get, away from We need to get away Marvel from the superhero and, thing. Yeah. We need to get away from the superhero thing. Uh, like we're, yeah. I like, like the, we're, in, we're broadening our horizons. Yes. I like it. This is, well, it's, I think we're, we're kind of going back to basics. So this is kind of where Will and I started. We weren't doing superhero stuff in the beginning. We were doing more stuff like this. So I think now that we have the trio... I think going the big into thing, some of these things, I think the big it's, thing with it's that good. is we started doing television shows and everything that we've done so far has been Disney. So it's either Somehow Marvel related. Or, right. or Star Wars. When it comes to right. the movies, I mean, unless it's like a really big release, I really want to get away from that. I really. Well, yeah. The, the, the funniest you. thing is if you if you look at the the um, some of the stuff we've put out there, people are, are responding to some of our older stuff. Yeah. So if that's what people want, then let's go retro. Let's bring it back. Let's do it. So I mean. The Superman three is still up in our top ten downloads. <laughs> so we should do Quest for Peace next. Uh, <laughs> Destroy Superman. That now. will be a that will be a two hour. We are going to crap all over this movie. <laughs> that's oh, all that's going. Man. I will be I will be Lee in that movie. Are you Are you serious? You'll bite the bullet well, my, and love it. I will bite the bullet only because my favorite oh, yeah. superhero is Superman. Yep. Is he? Is it my, really? I have the tattoo oh, and everything. My favorite superhero uh, is Superman. Yeah. Superman is tattooed on his arm. Uh, yeah. Yep. yep. Anyway. He's one of my favorites. Well, we're done with this one. Um, we got to get going. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> See ya. Bye, guys. Have a good one.